Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 152, and today we are here with Jay Martinez. How's it going, man? Tuner Evo. How's it going? Jay, what's up, brother? How are you, man? Thank you for having me, man. Of course, man. Really excited about it. Yeah, dude, we've been trying to do this for a minute already. Good solid, I think, eight, nine months we've been talking about it. Yeah, it's, yeah. Been, it's been in and my been, mind for a while. And we've been missing each other, too. Yeah, Sometimes I, know, I come dude. in around and we just don't have the time, or you, you're busy, or I'm busy. Yeah, so. I'm glad we got to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, glad that you're here. Um, wish it was under different circumstances. Yeah, but uh, it's all good, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. So before we go, um, go ahead more. Can you just give us a quick breakdown of who you are and what you do? Yeah. Um, first, uh, my name is Jay Martinez. Um, I was born in the Bronx, New York, originally, and uh, you know, I spent some time in New York. Then my parents moved to Baltimore. You know, from Baltimore, I kind of moved around a lot um, from Baltimore back to New York, to Dominican Republic, back to New York, back to Pennsylvania, like like that. In a matter of like before seventh grade. Wow. So I did like possibly, I think I counted one time, it was like either nine to 11 different schools before wow. seventh grade. Wow. And because we were moved around a lot. Yeah. And uh, just because uh, my parents... Uh, you know, they went through some tough times and they did some time in, in the feds mm -hmm. and, you know, they did their time and they came out and while they were gone, uh, you know, we had nowhere to go, you know, like family, family members or, or my aunt would have to like take care of us for like a year while like my sister would live with my other aunt and my brother was with my other aunt in Dominican Republic. So we were split up for a little bit. And, you know, everyone has their stories and that was one of the like, one of those things is kind of like where you learn from those backgrounds to where you're at today. And it, and it all comes together. You yeah. Know? So, um, so fast forward from that to today, um, what is it that you do? Yeah. So basically, um, I started going to get into all yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started, um, to revolution in, um, 2006 with Jeremy um basically jeremy was a honda guy i was a honda guy in high school uh we met in high school and when we went into you know working in a speed shop yeah the whole motion of doing a car show for the speed shop that we had that's when i started getting into like doing promotions mm, okay and, and and one time i picked up you know some flyers went to a show hand out flyers and you know it felt good when you the first actual event you put together only like 90 cars show up i'm like oh, i did that yeah you know? it's it feels so cool you know and when when you see that come together it's just like man i i, I like to do car shows but at the time i was only working uh my full-time job i was there for like six seven years i started to revolution when i was 22 years old and by starting now i was also work i also had a full-time job elsewhere yeah. but then um about 2009 is when um you know, like my other full-time job where I was working at, you know, they fit, the company went downhill. Mm -hmm. They laid all, all of us off. I was on employment for like two and a half years, couldn't find work. Wow. And and the idea was like, I, I, I want to do this shit full-time, you know, it's yeah. like, why not? You know, and so that's when I started the idea of like wanting to do the, the brand as a full-time gig. But I was like, how do you go about it? Like. This is just a car show to us at, at the time. It's yeah. just fun, you know? 
But then when it, be, it became a business and it became what it was prior to even 2013, you know, then when we decided to move the show out of side of York, PA, we decided to go to Philadelphia. And then, you know, doing car shows for us was something that, you know, we as fans, as enthusiasts, went to other people's shows before we did them. Yeah. And we're just like, wow, this is so cool, like what they do here and stuff like that. And it's just like you want to do it in your local community just to stay local. Yeah. You know, and then when you do it for your local community, it just branches out to be bigger and better than what it is. And sometimes, you know, when you go to the when you have your smaller events in those communities, they're still good to have because does that's your grassroots yeah. for the next generation or the those OGs that's still in and those older uh those smaller communities, they still kinda like strive the newer generation to come up because they're learning from them, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, when we started branching out to different cities, you know, prior to branching out, you know, I've always traveled and just like, you know, wanted to promote and meet people. And that's how like I met a lot of people actually here in the West Coast. Because mm -hmm. before we even came out here, I was in I was coming out to the West Coast for at least four or five years prior. For what? Just to, for, I mean, first I mean, you always hear the good shows from the East Coast and just like as an enthusiast, it's not even about as a promoter, as an enthusiast. You're like, yeah. man, I want to see Spocom, man. Like, Really? You know, I want to check that out. What's what's that about? You know, yeah. or, you know, I never got the chance to see Weekfest at all until last year. Really? Yeah, man, because the our schedules always ah, conflicted. Yeah. Um, but like what Ken and, and Ernesto has done over there has been amazing and but i always heard it in the east and i just never be able to experience it yeah but you know i was always able to to at least go to spokecom because that date worked out for me a lot and then when i started coming out i started realizing like man you know i want to check it out i really want to check out the west coast and i moved out here for like five six months roughly really in 2015 i was here for like five six months where and, at what city uh torrance gotcha yeah and i was in i was in torrance and um, you know, I was kind of like in the middle. So it was like Hollywood slash Long Beach and, you know, uh, OC and mm -hmm. all that. So it was cool. Um, it, it, it was not what I thought, not saying the good or bad way. It was just as far as like, um, communicating and be able to learn how the West Coast, I guess, vibe is. I, I didn't understand it at the moment in time. I yeah. was still new. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because I was new to the West Coast. So I didn't understand it, but then after a while, I I got it. I, I was like, I get how they work out there. And it's, I get how they work out there as far as versus how the East does. Yeah. So I have to like balance like the way we work over here versus we way we and just like how it is in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is like you got to work in a, dip, a different way too. Really? Yeah. It's everywhere's different. Chicago's different. Like everywhere that we go to, the balance of. Um, how people move and the good, bads, it's di all of it's different, but it's cool because you learn from it. Yeah, out mm -hmm. here in SoCal, I, I, I would just imagine somebody from that's not from here just thinks that it's just cars everywhere, and you know there's always meets and stuff, but they don't realize how big SoCal really is. You know, I've always said this. People have always said this to me and said, "Yo, like California got a lot of events," yeah. and I'm like. That was one of the biggest things I was really hesitant of even doing one because it has a lot of events. Yeah. 
they always say there's always one every weekend yeah yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> there is what, what are you doing to impress us <laughs> to make me come out and spend some money yeah you know? yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. be by by you know and that's what te's been about you know like from the very beginning the reason why you see a lot of the entertainment when it comes to our events yeah is from the very beginning 2006 2006 we had a motorcycle stunt team we had a wing eating, uh, wing eating, um, eating competition. We oh had, wow! Yeah, we had um, uh, we had a, like a live reggae rock band and stuff cool. like that. Just you know, yeah. two thousand six. Yeah. So going into it, you know, we were into skateboarding. We were into BMX. Mm. We were into the culture. You know, graffiti. And yeah. Just a little bit of everything. So we always kind of like every single year tried to figure out ways that people not only can come to the show to enjoy the cars because ultimately that is the number one reason why we're here is to enjoy the vehicles that come to the event yeah you know but at the same time it you know at car shows people always say like oh you know it's boring yeah you know it's i walk around three four times and i'm out you know and a lot of people um have come you know i've heard complaints about that so I was just like, how can we keep people in the house? So, you know, I got to give the respects for, you know, the OG car shows that, you know, paved the way, you know, like like Hot and Poor Nights. You know, one thing that I admire by them was when you go into their events, you know, 2005, nine, yeah. stuff like that. They know how to keep people there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, by providing a certain entertainment or certain giveaways or certain celebrities whatever like even just signing autographs they uh they know how to keep people in the house yeah so i always admired like how they did that and i've always wanted to be able to um provide uh an atmosphere like how they did but in my own way yeah you know and, and but i didn't how, how much can you do it in your own way so it's just figuring it out man just what they're not doing maybe i can do something different in my own way yeah you know and just create my own platform you know yeah t does stand um apart from a lot of the events i mean as far as you guys keeping people there having interesting things to do things to watch uh, and then the music aspect yeah as well you know even <coughs> the sweater that i got right here yeah. xavier, xavier wolf, wolf sweater yeah, yeah i seen yeah. him over there you know yeah. And uh, that's shout, that's dope. Yeah, shout out to Sebastian. Yeah, um, Sebastian Rodriguez. Oh God, I remember maybe 2014, uh -huh. 15. He's like, yo, I want to bring out Xavier Wolf. I'm like, who? <laughs> who? <laughs> and I don't even know that was a thing either. <laughs> but I legit say who? Yeah. And, and I didn't know because you know, I come from that old school hip hop era, you know. Yeah. And, and he's like, listen to him, and I'm like. Nah, B. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And so, I mean, you know, I saw his vision um, very early on. And I said, you know, get on that. Yeah. Like, let's see what we can do. Uh, I'm, I'm trusting in you. It's our 10-year anniversary is when he brought him out. Oh, okay. For our Philly show. You uh -huh. were there. Yeah. Yeah, you were yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Um, Wait, that was the first time that he was there? Was it dark or was it bright when he performed? It was dark. Uh, it was indoor, so I'm not it, it sure. It was indoor. One year we kind of like dimmed the lights for it, but I think the first year he came out, it was our 10 year anniversary. Okay. I think the second year he came out in Philly. I think That's that when I was year, there. Year yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, man, like when he brought him out, just like I just saw this whole new wave. Yeah. That I've never seen before. 
And when I saw Lil Seb bring that out, I was like, man, you you know what's up. Mm-hmm. He was and, tapped in. Yeah. And I, I, I always forever uh, appreciate the the his knowledge and of his age group. Yeah. You know what I mean? He knows what they like. You know, I know what we like, you know? Yeah. So it, it, it's different to work with different age groups, but see that they can bring something dope to the table as well. Yeah, you know, it's important, man. Yeah. You have to. You got to support that too. Yeah. Definitely, because that was one thing I was just like, you know, I didn't understand for a while, man. I was just, just like, what's this? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? I think we talked about it. I think a couple OGs talk about it, but then like, I think it was uh, actually Bobby from the hundreds. Yeah. He, uh, he shout po- out to Bobby. Yeah. He posted something like maybe about a month ago about supporting the young new generation because they're very talented. Yeah. Yeah. He's dope, man. Actually, I saw him at TE last year. <laughs> yeah. He came out. TE SoCal last yeah. year. He was there and Sebastian brought him over to the mm-hmm. booth and I got to meet him. And dude, I was mad starstruck, I was, bro. bro. <laughs> I don't get starstruck. I was man. like, oh, shit. I told him, I was like, oh, duh, I'm starstruck right now. Yeah. And then uh, I met it, a lot of celebrities in my day. I'm talking about pff, a lot. Yeah. And I never really cared. But when I saw by, I was like, Damn. And then I, I had <laughs> a my sw- show. <laughs> I had to switch real quick and yeah. fucking promo downstar mode. I was like, oh yeah, what's up, bro? So we do the bolt right here. So you know you got this, you pop your hood and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the things that he said was is that he really admired the uh <clears throat> how you say uh the clothing line aspect of the automotive industry. Mm. He said that was really interesting. Oh really? Yeah, he was interested in that. Yeah. To see how everybody designs versus you know streetwear yeah because you know? they're yeah they're thinking about it in a totally different way correct you know correct. they they have a lot more on the line than maybe like a regular car enthusiast brand mm-hmm. you know, even even like us you know we come out with shirts but it's not like for the spring we're gonna come out with a line in the summer I and wish. we're, we're just, yeah i wish it was <laughs> yeah, like that I dude and, it's, and us east coast we're seasonal yeah so it's like we're getting them one way or another you know but sometimes it gets slower on, on certain months versus yeah other, you know um so the reason that you're here was this is the weekend that te socal was supposed to be yeah man so um the rona fucked it all up yep and we'll get into that but i want to hear about all the other stuff you were just talking about man um let, let let's rewind all the way back to um your childhood so like mm-hmm. paint that picture for me <clears throat> um so let me see here. I'm trying to think where I can start. So, yeah, I mean, I was born in the Bronx. Okay. Lived there for about two years. My dad got locked up when I was a year and a half old. Okay. Um, he got locked up. And then after uh, that, my mom was living in, uh, in the Bronx by herself. No one really helping her. No one couldn't pay for the bills. She's Spanish. She uh-huh. just got to the, to, the, to the States, you know. And it's your mom, you... And then me. That's it. Just you and your mom. Okay, gotcha. And the drug dealers from around the way helping her out. Mm. And uh, but then you know, my mom's best friend from the Maker Republic was met a uh, another guy that lived in Baltimore that was cool with my stepdad currently now. Okay. That's how they met. So my stepdad asked for my mom to move to Baltimore. Okay. So we moved to Baltimore when I was three years old. And uh, my real dad was in jail until I, until I was like nine. And uh, 
we I lived in Baltimore, <clears throat> and it was I, I'll be honest with you, as a kid, it was fun. Yeah, you know, it was a, it was a fun time, you know. Um, so a lot of people don't know that that Jay is actually my nickname. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like my real real name. Oh my real name shit! Is, my real name is Angel. My real name is Angel Martinez, but everyone thinks that I'm called Jay because I'm a junior, but it's actually not either. So this is how fun it was back in the day. You know, we're growing up and. WWE, WWF era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so when you're a kid, you know, five, six years old, and we're all like playing around the streets, you know, who are you? You're Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. You're you're Hulk Hogan. I was I was Jake the Snake Roberts. I don't know. That's what they labeled. Jake the Snake. I was Jake the Snake. <laughs> so, what the hell? Because I was little and had a little rat tail. Oh shit. Yeah. So <laughs> so they end up calling me Jake the Snake. And for some reason, it just stuck. Wow, no it stuck, way. It stuck until I was like maybe seven years old or so. And then it just turned into, started me calling me Jay. And there was one time my mom sent me to the Dominican Republic. I think I was like six years old. And when I was coming back from DR, I was coming back with a, a flight attendant. Uh-huh. Back those days, you can fly with yeah. a flight attendant. And, and the custom guy said, hey, you know, they're reading off my birth certificate. What, what's your name? I'm Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> and they're like, what? No, what's your name? I'm like, and, you know, I'm six years old. I'm Jake the Snake. You know, I'm flipping because that, that's my role. That's me. That's who I, <laughs> I was in character. <laughs> oh, shit. So the full thing. They kept me in customs for two days. My mom had to fly from, from Baltimore all the way to Dominican Republic to claim my name. Yeah, that's 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 me, <laughs> bro. Yeah, you you tell him my name is Jake the Snake, Snake. Roberts. That's right. God damn it, <laughs> stamp it, stamp it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I got Jay. I love it. And, no way. Yeah, I really never really told that out loud. So this is the first. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So then you know. I thought you were gonna say my name is Jay. Nah. I'm Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> nah. You wanna see what's in my bag? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. That's yeah. so tight. <laughs> so I mean, back then, um, so I think my my parents got busted. Uh, I say about two thousand. I'm sorry, about when I was about. Nine, ten years old. So it's your your mom and your stepdad. My mom and my stepdad. Okay, in, in, in Baltimore. Baltimore. Okay, in Baltimore. Now it was, be- it was eleven people that got. Got you. It. Yeah, got it was you. A total of eleven. People. Now before we go any further than that, um, was it like the Wire kind of Baltimore? Have yeah, you seen- I, I live in Hallentown, okay. Baltimore City. Okay. So which is right there next to Patterson Park, which is not too far away from Anna Harbor. Anna Harbor's right there. So Little Italy and all that stuff were really close to Little Italy. <clears throat> but uh i was there when i was my in my younger younger years yeah and then from baltimore uh both my my mom and my stepdad got locked up okay i stayed in baltimore for like a year my mom's uh best friend was you know taking care of me mm. during that time myself and my sister and and my brother and uh we ended up going to new york to washington heights okay. um, 160th i think it was 160th and broadway in amsterdam I lived there for two years. With the same people? Nah, with my mom's uh, other friend from the Dominican Republic. Okay. So that was her friend from DR. And I stayed with her. My brother left the Dominican Republic right away. And I stayed in New York for like two years. So did my sister. And then my sister went. And then I went. And then I ended up living with my aunt 
mm-hmm. from my mom's side. So we stayed there for about three years. During those times, my dad came, my real dad came out of jail and I moved from uh, the Dominican Republic with my dad uh-huh. into the Bronx. So I lived with my dad in the Bronx. My my brother and sister are still in the DR, but getting ready to come over. My my stepdad was just getting out, so he requested for my sister. It was just a lot of going on, you know, and those time frames. So, like, when you go from Baltimore to, you know, uh, New York, then from New York to DR, I didn't even know how to speak Spanish at that time. So, when I was in Dominican Republic, I didn't go to school at all. I was there for three years. I didn't, I didn't do fourth or fifth grade in my life. I've wow. never done it. So I went from thir- until like third grade. Yeah. And I never did fourth or fifth grade in my life. So then when I went from DR back to uh, to New York, they put me right in sixth grade from third grade level to the sixth grade because of my age. Yeah. So I did the sixth grade. <clears throat> and then uh, after I did the sixth grade, uh, my dad forced me to do it again because my grades were not good, mm-hmm. you know. But you passed it? I passed it, but it wasn't good. Gotcha. It was like C's and D's. But okay. he, it wasn't acceptable. Yeah. So I ended up doing the sixth grade again. And then uh, during those times, my dad was, uh, uh, how can I say, he was heavily into drugs. and And one of those things that, it led him to, I guess to say, lose his, you know, girlfriend and mm-hmm. son at the time. So, therefore, I was, uh, how can I say, uh, it was to a point where I had to be taken away from him, from mm-hmm. the from the state. The state took me away from him. I had to live, I had to live in a foster home for nine months. Um, I was, uh, I was, uh, I was like 11, 12 years old. Something like that. Um, I live in a foster home for like nine months. And then during those times, my mom is just, my real mom is just getting out. Mm-hmm. My stepdad's getting out. They're trying to establish themselves, you know, and the state's not going to give custody to someone that fast. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's the process, you mm-hmm. know? So I had to go through that specific process to, to get out of the foster home and then it, brought me to uh york pennsylvania so i moved to york pennsylvania i think i always think it's 13 but sometimes i always say 14 mm-hmm. but i think in between 13 and 14 so i went from the sixth grade into the seventh grade into york pa and uh it was different because you go from uh, all nyc baltimore you know, you go to DR and then you go to P- York, Pennsylvania. It's completely different. Really? I was the only Spanish kid in my school. Mm-hmm. Only one. Just so, all white kids? All white kids. Got you. All white kids. And I maybe like two or three black kids, a couple Asians, nothing crazy. May- no more than two handfuls, let's mm-hmm. say like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like that my whole entire junior high and high school um, uh, throughout, you know, going to school. For all those years, it was uh, <clears throat> mainly those nationalities. But then finishing school, it was one of those things like, you know, you didn't really have, I didn't really have much of education yeah. because of my background. 
you know, I had to take ESL classes, seventh, eighth grade, ninth grade, um, same time, you know, you're also 14, 15 years old, bro, and you're getting ready to learn how to drive, you don't care about life, you just want to get into shit, you know, yeah. just do what kids do, I hate to say it, yeah. and, you know, but I was never really into trouble, uh, I, I always kind of like, you know, always stepped back, yeah. and I, I knew, because I was going through those situations, so, excuse me, and, um, once I knew that I was going through those situations, I always said to myself, like, man, I need something positive. And I didn't know what it was because I was already understanding at like 15, 16 years old that I already went through a lot. Yeah. And Oh, you were aware of it? Absolutely. I, I, I knew I was going through a lot because I didn't have no guidance, yeah. period. You know, from the age of, you know what I'm saying, all the way through. You didn't have, I didn't have a... Uh, uh, a system yeah. in place because that system was broken and that system was separated and you know you didn't have uh, you know the, the parents currently today that do take care of their kids that sit down with their kids and read a book or ask them what they learned today I didn't have that at all so it was just more or less of like I was for me you know and I had to learn everything and everything on my own period you know, even to work, all that stuff. So, so, I mean, the only thing that really, I say about like 13, 14 years old, um, I was, um, I had to go into anger management classes just because of the simple fact of all the trauma, all the BS that I went through prior to, you know, seventh, eighth grade or whatever. Mm -hmm. I did really well with all that. You know, I learned a lot from that, but you know, when you go through it, then you understand where you're at today. It's just like, whoa, you know, you've seen from the point where you've grown, from the point that, you know, where you're at today, and it's like, wow, you've grown a lot, you know, and, but at the same time, there's a lot of things that when you've grown, you, you, you'll trip, you'll fall, but it's learning how to pick back up and continue, you know? So it, it, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, a definitely learning process because, you know, you didn't really have anyone to guide you yeah. throughout the whole way at all. Fuck, yeah. man, that's rough. So the thing that honestly, you know, that I I felt like for a young kid at fifteen, roughly sixteen, that the only thing that like like that excited me was was cars. So I got into cars about nineteen ninety nine, um, two thousand. I started going to car shows like in two thousand one. 2000, 2001, all the local shows, all the big name shows, and it, it just changed everything. Well, how'd you even get into it? Before before we get to the car stuff, mm -hmm. I, I kind of want to touch a little bit on um, your upbringing. When did you realize that your life was different than maybe uh, anybody else's, your friends or other classmates? Recently. Really? Yeah. Because I, I thought... I thought that that like what I was going through was normal. Yeah. Wow. When I realized, when I asked people's their stories, or I see how people have been brought up, especially traveling. Yeah. You know, because then I learned how to see how people move. Mm -hmm. You know, and because I was living in, I guess to say, a, a small box. Yeah. And for a long time, I didn't know nothing about it. You wow. know, so I decided to like, hey, you know, go to New York. Hey, you know. 
go to Boston or, you know, but at the same time, it was also like, I would go because, mainly because of work. I was trying to figure out like, where do we want to go? What we want to do? How we want to network? Who can we network with? Um, but then going through the motion, I was just like, wow, like I didn't was, I didn't know it was like that. You know, a lot of things. So still today I'm learning, you know, it's, it's a lot of, a lot to, to, lot to learn as far as like how people, how they were grown, how they grew up versus how I grew up. I thought mine was normal. Fuck. Yeah. Dude. And that makes so much sense. <clears throat> I, I always say that, like, not even something as, like, um, challenging of what you went through, but, you know, simple dinners. You know, right now we just left my pad and we had dinner right there. Yeah. I've been to people's houses where they do something that's, like, really different. You know, maybe we had, like, paper plates, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe some people, they never even use paper plates. I'm like, why are they using paper For plates? plates? This, is, this isn't a barbecue. They're like, no, we just don't want to wash dishes. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. just, that's how I've grown up. Like, yeah. we, we had, you know, paper plates and yeah. things like that. Like, I thought it was just normal. And I'm just using that as an example. But mm-hmm. just, like, if you don't ever go to somebody's house for dinner, so, how would you know? So this is crazy that you bring that up. Just recently, maybe, like, maybe two months ago, I was talking to uh, one of my mentors. His name is Manny Olivo mm-hmm. Bodega. And, uh, the guy with the glasses. Um, is he, does he go to the events? He goes to some most some of the events. Uh, I don't know if you. Okay, okay. I don't know if you guys formally have met. Okay, but Manny is a person that came in my life when I was eighteen, uh-huh. and he brought me up and he said, "Yo, come here." And forever and ever, like I can't thank him because he was a dude that was like, "Yo," because he was more like, you know, he was like ten years older than me. So it was always like, you know, little brother shit. Mm-hmm. But then after a while, I started realizing, like, nah, like, I think it's a little bit more than that. Like, I look up to him like if he's like another father. Yeah. Because even though I looked at him, he's like a, he's a homie though too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> the, the, the advice that he has given me throughout the years, I just can't ever repay because it's like, wow. Like, even then he's like, yo, I told you to do it this way. You know, you, why are you doing it that way? Yeah. And I'm just like dude chill <laughs> but then later on i realized oh okay i get it i know yeah. why you said that you know and that's cool yeah I, like I, I actually appreciate that so but uh um i forgot what we were saying uh it's just that not knowing how other people live you know you don't know yeah. how other people are raised or what yeah. they go through yeah so i mean when i'm when i linked up with him was that he he was uh explaining to me like yeah my daughter goes to a specific type of school and he was like saying like yeah it's like just four or five kids and that's the teacher and that's it i'm like what uh-huh. and he's like yeah you know we pay x amount and i'm like i never knew that like that i was like that exists because yeah. yeah i i was like bro i know there was catholic school and like private school but i didn't know it was like like sometimes just four or five or ten students at the most and like they pay you know mm-hmm. and and it's and it's and it helps than to for their kids to even be more bigger and more successful yeah. successful i didn't even know that even existed i was like wow like that's cool that that's there yeah but in our time that wasn't i don't know if that was even there yeah you know what i mean it's crazy so fuck dude mm-hmm. that's just heavy man mm-hmm. um, but you're right like all of that stuff in your childhood it just prepares you for life a lot sooner yeah, I mean, really needed. I think I think what it did for me was 
the passion um, with the car scene, um, I loved it, man. I still do, you know, um, especially back then. Back then was exciting. So, yeah, what, what, how did you even get into it? So, um, when I came back, I remember it. When I came back from Dominican Republic, uh, literally off the plane, uh-huh. <laughs> I remember it. I saw a Volkswagen Jetta, uh-huh. like 95, 96. And this is like 1995, 96 yeah. back then. And I saw the Volkswagen Jetta. I'm like, that's a cool car. And, and it always stuck to my mind. And then like two, three years later, my brother got into a Ford Pro GT. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about 1999. Back then, that was, that yeah. was tight, you know? <laughs> so he had a Ford Pro GT. And another guy from the area was uh, building a Ford Pro GT as well. And, and it was sponsored by Fox Marketing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who's Fox Marketing? You know, I'm, at the time, I'm 14, 15 years old. So it's like, it's all new to me. And my brother was really cool with, with Brian Fox. And one time I went to Carlisle Performance Style and I met Brian Fox. And I'm like, like, what are you doing? So he does marketing mm. to build cars. And it took me years to even understand, like, what he did. Because, again, I'm 15, 16 years old. But, you know, when I got into it, the homies were like, all oh, had car clubs and they would go to shows or if, if I, I remember going to school and they're like, hey, call out performances styles this weekend. We're skipping school on Friday. I'm like, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> we just drive and spend the whole weekend there. Wow. And then, so my first car was uh, my first car that I had to, I guess to say modify was a 95 Chrysler series on uh, 17 inch Conan caffeine yeah. with iBox Springs dropped it. You know, six MTX Blue, Thund- uh, Blue Thunders. Yeah. Three, six? Six, bro. We ran bass, homie. Three Whoa, Six Mafia. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. Three Six Mafia yeah. booming on that time. What, what was that song, Doug? The, the uh, famous one. Oh. I got a coach, man. Yeah. I ain't even doing it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the one that, like, yeah. all the the bass songs that they would use I loved, that one. I loved, that reminded me of my brother a lot. Man. Late night tip. That yeah. one. Yeah, late night tip. It was just tip. so much fun. <laughs> like, they're, 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 like what well, they brought to the table and at that time. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. And uh, that was the car. And then one of the homies, again, he brought up, he brought out a 95 white hatch mm-hmm. around me. And I got in the car. I'm like, this is it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I, I bought a hatch right away. Really? I ended up buying that hatch. Oh, really? Yeah. I was nice. Like, I, want, I want that car. Uh-huh. I bought his hatch. That was not hatch. my first Civic. I was in the 11th grade. And then my homie that had a hatch, he, he parked right next to me in school. And it was just like school parking lot was like a meet every morning. Because yeah. at that time, it's 2002, 2003. Oh, wow. It's booming. Everyone's just in it, you know? Lower rider trucks and just everything. Volkswagens, everything. And it was pretty cool because I got into the Hondas very early. And I and when I graduated from school, I totaled the Civic. Oh, wow. I had a deer and I totaled the Civic. And it was like in February. And I told the guy, I, the, my homie that was right next to me, he went to the military. And he's like, yo, um, I hit him up. I was like, yo, you selling Civic? He's like, yeah, I'll sell it. I was like, how much? He's like, five Gs. I'm like, I don't care. I need that. So I, 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 I bought the car for five Gs. And I still have that car today. Oh, that's the one? That's the one. Whoa. Yeah, so I drove that car. Um, I drove it from 2004, I want to say, until 2010. Mm-hmm. Drove it around. That was my daily. 
Um, but then I ha then I end up getting um, uh, I end up getting two other cars because I end up being a uh, Scion TC. Because okay. when Scion was coming out, we we end up working with them for the show, and then that's what intrigued me. I bought one, and then I bought a I had a Subaru Legacy as a daily. Then and that's when I kind of like slowly started putting the Civic away, and then I lost my job. Mm. And then when I lost my job, it was just like whoop. <laughs> There goes that. There goes that. Yeah. Right. So and literally starting from scratch all over again, as far as losing the job and, but then you know, as far as the automotive industry, um, going into Carlisle, it was just like, it just opened a door for me. I just never seen so many cars in one location, and and just it really, I was like, man, this is it. This is what I want to do. Yeah. So we got into car club stuff first. Um, then after the car club stuff, I ended up working for a speed shop that wasn't too far away because Jeremy that was here, mm -hmm. he had a skateboard shop um, mm. back in the day, back in like 01, 03. So I used to go to his shop, help him run it at the time. And then right down the street, another homie of his opened up a speed shop and we're like, yo, th that's our opportunity. We went there and started working for him. So I was working third shift. I will leave. Come back to the shop, open the shop at two o'clock, be there until like five, six, seven o'clock at night, go to work at nine. Mm -hmm. They finish breaking down, you know, and I come back and do it again. I was working the speed shop, working my regular job, and that was it. And then one time the shop was like, hey, we need to do an event. So at the time, I wasn't really into the car aspect of like building yet because mm -hmm. I was still early on. But I was like, oh, but I want to learn. Like, what can I do to learn? So it was more or less of like, well, we need to build a car show. Uh, let me meet some people. So I started, you know, going to events, not even car show events. I went to like music events and mm -hmm. network with people that had some type of relationship. You know, I remember meeting uh, the management for Jim Jones at the time, long time ago. Mm -hmm. Like, it's because... At those moments in times, it's like, all right, if we're going to do a show and we're going to do music, who's hot right now? Yeah. So it's like, how can we get in, in contact with those people? But I didn't have contacts like that at all because it was, I mean, 2004 or five mm -hmm. at the time. And so then when we started uh, doing the event there, the shop didn't do too good for that partner. And Jeremy, um, his, dad, his, real, his dad, was the East Coast Commissioner for uh, volleyball. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so volleyball was Jeremy's brung up. Jeremy's the co-founder of Turn Revolution as mm -hmm. well. I'm not sole. It's just me and Jeremy. And when his dad was like, "Hey, you know, you guys should do a car show at the York Fairgrounds while I do this volleyball tournament inside the venue, mm -hmm. and you guys can be outside." And we had like two and a half months to like come up with everything we didn't even have a name mm -hmm. and one time i was I, we were stuck we were like i don't know what to call it we were already getting flyers ready but we had no name <laughs> 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 you know and it was just like all right so then we made a decision we're like all right we know we wanted to be tuner but what else do we want to call it for like two weeks we couldn't figure it out it's like you know what let's grab those techonemics dvds from mischief mm -hmm. and let's sit down and watch some some uh, some uh, DVDs of, of that. But maybe we'll get inspired by it. Do you know who that is? No. Oh, man. Please get him on the podcast. Dustin Worrell? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, dude. I had to link you up. That's OG OG. He's been, 
he's had his DVDs at, uh, you know, what's this big Virgin? Uh, what is that? The the big T uh, city stores. The Virgin Mobile. Mobile. Or, he's, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vir- he's, Virgin Tower Records. Yeah, he's shit? been on MT. Know, yeah. He's been on MTV for the automotive industry. Dustin what? Dustin World, I think is. Oh, man, y'all don't beat me. W O R L E S, I believe. Yeah, okay. I think that's how you spell it. But yeah, I'll link you up. That's yeah. much. I go him way back. So for the East Coast, he was kind of like the guy that was doing all the car rallies. And, and he's from DC. Uh, I don't know if he was Maryland, DC, DC DMV. Mm-hmm. You know, he was from that area. And I always looked up to him. And he was coming out with DVDs all the time for um, for uh, just automotive stuff like okay. MR2s, BMWs, Ferraris. You never heard of the gumball rally and yeah. all that stuff. He was really involved with a lot of those things. So. One of his DVDs had a drift video and it had Revolution on it, and I, I told Jeremy, I was like, Jeremy's like, yeah, let's do Revolution, Revolution. I was like, nah, let's drop the R. So we sit down, do the research. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so we put two and two together, and a lot of people get it twisted that they think that tuner is a tuner car, which mm-hmm. a lot of people that's what they think it is. Yeah. But to us. It's the gearhead. It's the grinding guy busting his knuckles, going to garage, working hard, building his car, and evolution's always involved. And so the tuners, that tuner's always involved. In yeah. It. So that's nice. that's like the real definition of tuner evolution. It's that automotive enthusiast always involved. In yeah. It. And that's what we've always wanted to try to portray, and in our platform because. Even with the, some of the entertainment that we do, sometimes we have things for like two, three years, and it's just kind of like, we'll fade that out, bring something else new. So we got to involve too. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm getting ready to do a whole new marketing and try and re- redo my whole logo soon, maybe like the next year. Mm. Yeah, it's just like, we always got to like stay up, you know, and keep revolving. Keep revolving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No? I love it, dude. That's dope, man. That's yeah. crazy. It just come out as like a fluke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we ran with it. Me and him ran with it. And our first show, we had like 300 cars. Yeah. And uh, we had like 300 cars. And it was just so tight. You know, like that feeling. It was like, wow, we did this. So was this uh, at the volleyball event? So that was, was inside? The, so at the first year, it was all outdoors. Okay. And it was at the York Fairgrounds in 2006. Uh-huh. The following year in 2007, we went by ourselves without the volleyball for indoors and outdoors. It was 74,000 square feet indoors. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really tell you the square footage outdoors, but I know we can fit at least 400 cars outside. So we had an indoor and outdoor portion. And that's where, you know, we had uh, we had, one time we had Darren Harper. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know who that is. No. Look him up. Darren Harper is a, a very famous uh, skateboarder with DGK. Okay. Famous Stars and Straps. He was sponsored by them from D.C., I had him come out to the show with a bunch of DC kids, you know, skate kids, you know, eight, 14 years old, and they were skating at the show. Yeah. You know, we had motorcycle stunt teams. Uh, we had a lot of different things. We had a burnout competition. Yeah. I'm talking about 06, 07. That's what we were doing, you know? So, like, the oh. format from where it's at currently today versus what it was then is completely different. Yeah. Again, because we already did it you know so we're trying to always trying to find new ways and it's hard yeah it's it's definitely hard sometimes it's it's hard to come up with new ideas that make sense uh and that makes sense that we can do it within uh uh, because 
a lot of things, a lot of times people think our shows are always 100% indoors, and that's not really true. We started outdoors, mm-hmm. you know, we started indoors, then we went back outdoors, then we went back indoors. Then I came to a point, I was like, man, if, if I'm going to do an outdoor show, I want my outdoor show to look and feel legit, mm-hmm. just as much as how the indoor feels. That I, I think we want to give the value, the same value, if we would charge the same mm-hmm. for an indoor event. So that was always critical for me. It was hard because, you know, sometimes you can find an outdoor venue that's a lot more uh, cheaper, I guess to say, versus an indoor venue. I mean, indoor venues are no joke, mm-hmm. you know. And but by doing that, if we can find a balance of uh, the, the, you know, the same balance of the platforms of that people can come to one event and feel the same way they feel in the other one, yeah, it's valuable, right? So that was hard, man, to find venues like that. So, you know, when we were doing York PA, at the time, one thing, and, and, and Frank, because I know we talked a lot, you got to do, definitely do your research in the central Pennsylvania area. There's a lot, a lot of OGs that came out of their front cover, Super Street, Import Tuner, you know, HCI Magazine, yeah. you know, Euro Tuner, and Pennsylvania itself is one of the meccas of the Volkswagen scene. You know, so we got a lot of clean, uh, a lot of clean Volkswagens there and, and a lot of OGs from that time. And so a lot of people that came out of there, it, it, you know, building cars. But after a while, you know, people get older, they get rid of their cars, things change. With that happening, same thing with the show. Mm-hmm. So I had to move the show out of York. Mm-hmm. So I moved the show out of York and went to Philly. The reason being I went to Philly was like two, three reasons. One... I was getting so many New York cats like, yo, Jay, it's just far. It's so far. It's four hours. Mm-hmm. Can we get it closer? Bring it to New Jersey or New York. And I don't know. I just didn't want to leave PA. I don't know. It just, I started in PA. If, if anything, I'm going to finish in PA. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just how it works. Yeah. Um, so I went to Hot Import in 2006. Mind you, now, now this 2013, 12, 13, I'm making this decision, but. The last time I went to an event was like six, seven years in Hot and Pornites in Philly. Since then, was no other show. There was no other show. The convention center uh, uh, manager kept calling me for three years. Come up here. Come up here. And I'll give you a good deal. This and that. I'm like, I don't know nobody in Philly, mm-hmm. even though it's two hours away from York. So the distance of two hours versus the distance now to California... <laughs> And, you know, even also like Puerto Rico and Miami, yeah. Chicago is wild to me right now. Yeah. Yeah. But at that time, I was like, I can't make that move. Like, yeah. that's two hours. <laughs> but, you know, I did that and I did it a lot. I did it with a lot of help of, you know, my staff at, you know, at those moments in times. And they they push it on me. They pushed it. They're like, yo, you need to do this. Do it. And so when I did so, that's when the door opened. That's when I felt it. When I felt the the change of what Tuner Revolution was before, compared to what it can be now, yeah. or even starting off then, and I saw it. I was like, "Wow, this is completely different," but still my flavor. Mm-hmm. But it's completely different, and that's when I wanted to go to work. So when you started doing the show, that was um, what, like two thousand. Six. Six. That's okay. when I started. Yep. So the first show, um, did you, what made you realize that you had something? 
Oh man, <clears throat> I don't think I've. It's not. I don't think when I felt the first show that I had something. I just know the first show I felt good. Mm-hmm. Just putting in a time to putting it all together, parking the cars and all that stuff. That felt good. Yeah. That felt good. And then I, when I realized I had something, I think it's when Scion sponsored us for the first time. It was 2009, so it was like three years okay. after the fact. Um, when Scion got really involved with us and they worked with... Because at the time, I was only doing one event a year. Mm-hmm. So when Scion got involved with us, it, it was really cool to work with a company that wanted to be creative. Yeah. And when I noticed that they were giving me that opportunity to be creative with them... That's when I felt like, wow, I think I got something as far as like a visual factor, you know? Okay, everybody, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be back in one minute. We all know that there's tons of places you can buy your car parts at, but when you really need help, who's in your corner? When you need parts for your Honda, you need to visit HeelToeAuto.com. Since 2002, Hilto has built a reputation for service and support. Let me repeat that, guys. Since 2002, it's 2020 right now. That's a long time of experience, man. These social media slingers and copycat web stores can't match Hilto's professionalism. Hilto even offers a complete OEM store for all your genuine parts needs. Whether it's for show, race, or just a badass daily, remember that HiltoAuto.com is in your corner. And guys, if you're on Instagram, make sure you check them out at Hilltoe Automotive. Please, please go to their page right now, add them, and comment that you heard them on Downtime with Downstar podcast. Next up is Downstar. Downstar is the premium leader in dress-up hardware and engine bay accessories. We have all the nuts and bolts for all your screwing and nutting needs. From engine kits, transmission kits, mount kits, clutch lines, brake kits, t-shirts, skateboards, hats lighters damn we got it all we we actually have too much guys so if you can please come over and buy some stuff at downstarring.com or check us out at instagram at downstar make sure you give us a follow now back to the show so when you start when you guys started the show what was the um what was it like after where was everybody talking about all the the car guys like where was your guys's name starting to blow up um in the early years? Yeah. In the early years, I think cause, um it was weird, man, because to be honest with you, when, when we started, I felt like we started late when a lot of the companies were at their peaks. Mm-hmm. When we started, we started, but the other companies were at their peaks, you know? And some of the companies just, some of them have, are either not still with us or, you know, still there. But sometimes you will have your ups and downs. That's just, that's the nature of the business, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when, when I don't want to say when they had their downs, you know, we were just trying to, to just do something. Yeah. So when we were trying to do something, we just kept with the formula and went through that struggle. Even when the economy was bad, I, I was there still. Mm-hmm. And I was still networking, traveling, meeting people. So what's cool about it now is that when I go to shows currently today, especially at the Philly show, that I see a lot of the OGs yeah. that don't do it no more, but they bring their families and nice. their kids. And I'm like, yo, what's up, man? You know? And I tell my staff, like, yo, my man had an RX-7. It was so dope. And they're like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, no, you don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we just started talking about, like, you know, and it's cool to see the OGs come to the show, show love. 
the love that people give me, man, at, at the events, especially ones that know that I've been doing it for a while, they they give me a lot of props, and I and I've always appreciated that. Sometimes um, I've never been vocal about it. I'm very shy. A lot of people don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely shy. Um, I'm, but I'm not vocal about it. Like, I, I, I'm more a person that I would rather t- see you and say thank you versus like shout out to such and such on Facebook. Like, got you. I don't feel it's personal. Yeah. Or personal. You know, I just don't. I don't see it that way. Um, but yeah, a lot of people don't think I am, but I'm definitely. At first, I'm shy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? You think? I I don't know. Like I said to you earlier, I just like I never wanted to be that front person when I didn't understand that that's what I was becoming. Yeah, you know, I never wanted it. Like it took me nine years to grab a mic mm-hmm. to 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 even get on stage on my show. Never, I never got on stage. What was your thoughts of not the, doing that? I never wanted to do it. It was just not. It was not my role. I felt like it wasn't my role. I felt like you had an MC, mm-hmm. you, you had a host. That was, you know, I hired them to do that. Why I run the operations? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I wanted to do, the operation side. You know, yeah. and then when I started realizing, the team was telling me like, "Hey, you know, you got to get up there, man." And I'm just like, "Nope, <laughs> not happening." Yeah. Then one year, uh, maybe like seven years into it, uh, one of our closer friends passed in a in a, in a car accident. And I just had to say something. Damn. And I, had, I remember before getting on stage, I, I had a water bottle. I'm in the back of the building washing my face. Uh-huh. I was so nervous, you know, to get on get on the mic. And, you know, I said what I had to say. And But then, like, years later, I still didn't get on stage, period. I was not down for it. Then Manny was my MC for, like, 8, 10 years. I can't recall how many years, but it was, like, at least a good 8 years. And he told me. You better get ready because I ain't doing this no more. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And the reason why I started getting on the mic was actually Big Mike. Uh-huh. Um, me and Mike developed a friendship way before business. And it was cool because, uh, you know, listening to his advice to me of or asking me, like, what do you see about the scene? Like, where you wanted to go? What's Tune Revolution about? Like, mm-hmm. very curious and but at the same time, him learning a lot about me, I was able to learn about a lot about him. And like he, one thing I love about Mike is he's very specific. And I never learned how to be specific. Yeah. And, and by being around him, I'm like, yeah, you know what? When people say, hey, let's go get a pizza. Where? Yeah. <laughs> what time? <laughs> when are we leaving? Yeah. He, he dug that <laughs> shit down my throat, bro. I'm like, I, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. And then I learned. I was like, I see what you're saying. So it, it was, it was, it's definitely cool to have someone that, that, that definitely got your back like that. Yeah. And, and it was cool. So learning and, um, and and understanding more from Mike was always 100. You know. So then, did he encourage you to to get on the mic more? Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't remember how it really happened. I think it was more because. Um, the, we were trying to do the judges and drivers meeting and uh-huh. the judges and drivers meeting what we do for our shows is once we're done set up and all the owners are there before the doors open we say hey you know gather around you know thank you for coming etc and we try to explain a little bit about you know how we judge the cars or you know how the setup the time frames of the show 
And a lot of stuff that we do for when it comes to the judging aspect comes from me. Yeah. I don't judge the show at all. But as far as like what we're looking for comes from me. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what we what we want out of it. Or I can care less what you have to done to your car. As long as it looks good. Yeah. If it looks good. If it flows, makes sense, you know, vacuum clean your car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, clean down your, your windshield. People don't do it. Just, the cars are dirty. A lot of cars are dirty, man. Like, this is a car show. Yeah. You know, and when I think about car show, I think about, like, the Riddler Awards. You know, I think yeah. about the old school, you know, how, like, you can put a white glove into the wheels and it's spotless, mm-hmm. you know. But some people can't do that. You know, some of these cars are their daily drivers. Yeah. You know, so they do a great job by what they do on their, on a daily grind, you know, as far as having something that can show off and also make it your daily grind you know yeah speaking of that how did you manage to buy a car at um in 11th grade oh man (laughs) (laughs) and then drop five g's on another car um i was at 15 i was i was my first official job was i I was a wash boy uh washing dishes bro at a restaurant uh, I was making five fifteen yeah. an hour. <laughs> that was some crazy times, but I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, then I started working at a car wash, and just stuff like that. Just saving just up, hustling. Yeah, and then the era of a PC where you can buy a DVD burner. Yeah, and put it in your PC and sell some mixtapes. <laughs> <laughs> I was selling Dr. Dre 2001, boy. Yeah. All over school. The hustle, <laughs> yeah. bro. So I used to save my Love money it. with that. And I used to, that's how I you know, first got into it. Then, you know, as I got into the game a little bit more, I was started selling a little bit of parts here and there. I'll buy stuff for the yeah. car, sell it, make a little bit of money. Oh, man. And then, then I started working, you know. So yeah. I kind of let that go, you know. So when you decided to leave uh, York, Pennsylvania to go to uh, Philly, what was that like for you? Oh man, the transition. Um, we were, at the time we were, uh, at the time we were outdoors, um, and when we went to do Philly, I never really been to Philly like that. Mm-hmm. I'm from New York. Mm-hmm. I'm not from Philly. Mm-hmm. I lived in New York, PA, but I never really experienced Philly. Got you. So man, he was like, <laughs> it was like literally middle of January, brick cold yeah. outside. He's like, "Yo, we're gonna take a ride to Philly. I'm gonna show you everything." He sends me to Philly, shows me all around, you know, South Street, all the where all the strips where people do street racing, drag racing or whatever and all that stuff. And, you know, I got to learn. And then I started going up there by myself, mm-hmm. uh, meeting promoters, nightlife promoters, you know, shakers, people that can promote radio station people. And then I started dipping into it a little bit more. Philly's a, Philly's awesome, man. Yeah. Philly, I consider Philly like a small New York Um at the same time it's it's a, a, a different way than new york yeah you know? like philly has its own vibe new york has its own vibe you know so it, even though they're two hours from yeah. apart from each other yeah. yeah so if you're a shy person how are you able to go out and network with all of these people because i was talking about something that i like really got you you know what i mean yeah um i i, I was passionate about this my, my first pitch was always was when i meet someone new it's like how can you break that ice mm-hmm I didn't know what to say, what to do. So the way I broke the ice was, was where are you from? Mm-hmm. So what I did early on was learn 
our our areas like Virginia to New York. So if someone tells me like, oh, I'm from Washington Heights. Oh, I'm like, yo, that's like three and a half hours to York. Yeah. I learned that. Yeah. So I can convince them to come out, you know? And if they say to me like, oh, we're from Westchester County. I'm like, oh, you're on an hour and a half, bro. Like, it's right there. You can make it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that was my pitch because I, I kept like, was able to talk to them because yeah. if they tell me, yeah, I'm from the Bronx, I'm like, me too, you know? Yeah. Like, break ice so that was always my pitch it was like you know where you from and that was cool to learn uh to open up that way to answer your questions like being shy is like you know how can you meet people when you don't know them they don't know you who does this who's this dude why are you approaching me yeah what do you want what do you want you know but yeah but by uh I had something to give them. So, I, you know, book back flyers, man, before MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> before Facebook, book back and flyers, bro. I love it. Yeah. Dude. So you decided to do this first show. What are your thoughts uh, before it, during it, and then after? Of Philly, right? Yeah. Because this is your, this is like your <clears throat> first time. Yeah. Breakthrough. Gotcha. Right. Before I was definitely nervous. Okay. Um, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, when I first saw the, the the venue size, I was like, "You can't feel it. There's mm-hmm. no way." Mm-hmm. And my homeboy Angel Garcia was like, "Yo, we got this." Mm-hmm. I was like, "We ain't feeling it. No way." Nervous. And <clears throat> the more we started promoting it, the more I started noticing the registrations. And then I had uh, one of the homies, Aggie, from Liberty VIP Luxury Abstract. He's like, "Yo, we should do Black Four at conjunction with your event and i'm like the all vip car show and he's like yeah and i'm like so you guys will do your own awards your own ceremony and we'll do ours and just to see because to me i was like you know i didn't really have a much of a relationship with the vip culture at the time mm-hmm. i did with liberty vip they've already been attending to my events before mm-hmm. and when they first came to our events it was just like I've never seen VIP cars like that. And I was just like so admired by what they brought to the table. So when he asked me, like, hey, let's do something together. I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Let's bring some VIP cars to this show. Yeah. So when we did it and, you know, within the event, I noticed like the vibe within the building during the event. The first year we had a breakdown B-Boys. We had uh, Freestyle BMX. We had performances. We had, you know, really good solid lineup of cars mm-hmm. from the East at the time. And I think at that time it was a good collective of cars, you know. And so then after when I realized the the the, the response from everyone, especially, you know, having Halcyon film that event, because he filmed years before. He filmed Whoa. he filmed my two thousand twelve show. Uh-huh. And then he filmed my 2013 show, uh-huh. and when he put it out there, I'm like, like even myself, I was like, what? you know, like this is so dope, you yeah. know. And he very, 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 very talented dude. Fuck very, yeah, that's my homie, man. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't know how much I can really tell him how much I really care about that dude, cause, and he's shy too. He can't say no, he, <laughs> you know. But like when we talk, it's just like it's all love, man. Yeah. You know. But, like, when he started presenting, like, the videos, and at that time, YouTube was just, like, getting ready. Then Instagram just came in, and it was just, like, 
let's go. And, you know, when we started doing that, that's when I started realizing I went full time with Tune Revolution after my 2012 show. Okay. September of 2012 was when I decided to go full time. And the first three years was rough, man, because it's like you're learning. Mm -hmm. You know, at the time I was only doing one, then two, and then I started progressing into bigger, better things. But it was it was it was a challenge to to get to where we even when doing one show compared to how many we're doing now, even that just one is it's almost the same feeling as now. It, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. But at the same time, when after that event, when I felt like it did so good, I was like, yo, I think we really, really, really got something here. And let's pop it off. You know, let's see what we can do with it. You know, with the help of. You know, uh, Anthony and, and Sebastian and even Bodega. I call him Bodega. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Manny and a couple of the other guys. And we're like, oh, let's just do this, you know. And, you know, I've already had, you know, networks with other people. And I started calling, you know, other people in the other, you know, states. And they're like, yo, let's do North Carolina. And the reason why I did North Carolina is because uh, two years prior to us doing North Carolina in 2014, 2012, mm-hmm. uh, Import Alliance did short uh, Z Max. Yeah, and the you know I have a lot of Honda friends, you know, and they're like, "Yo, we're going down there, come through," and I'm like, "All right," because you know other Honda good builders were coming there, and I want to see the good builds, you know. Yeah. So I went down there, and when I was down there, I was like, "Wow, there's a lot of nice cars down here." You were there? I was there. 2012. No I was there. shit. Underneath the bleachers? Yeah. yeah I was there. I was there mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I was there. Wow. Um, who else was there? Um I think K I think K Tune was there. Yeah, Eat Sleep Race. Eat Sleep Race was there. Was there. I'm there. homies with them. I haven't yeah. seen Brian in a while, but you know, I've known Brian before I started Tune Revolution. Really? Yeah, as a, as an enthusiast, you know, shaking hands when they were selling stuff at the E Town. Yeah. You know, and it was just, you know, going to that event is when I it opened up my eyes a little bit more. I was like, man, there's more cars. But not knowing, I knew then there was cars all over the country, but I didn't know that I was able to have access to them. Got you. You know, with the help of people that are in those areas. And, you know, when we started doing events there, then also, you know, you know, my homie Cam from um, from Florida, he's like, yo, homie, you know, I've been supporting you for so long, bringing it down to Florida, bro. Yeah. And it was just always like a thing that, you know, when we started doing one, the people that I were close with for years were like, yo, it's time. Let's do it. So I did Daytona and I rocked with Daytona for three years. So that so you went from Philly. Mm-hmm. To North Carolina was the second edition. Second edition, yep. And then Daytona was the third. Daytona was the third. Gotcha. Yeah. And then um, in, in between, I started doing small meets in Maryland, too. I was called Pan and Junction, and we did it in Maryland. But it was just gathering versus a, a you know, big gotcha. event. You know? Gotcha. And then we did, uh, after branching out to Daytona, we ended up branching out to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then after Chicago, we did Atlanta. Gotcha. Then after Atlanta, I think that same year of Atlanta, we also did the first SoCal show. Got you. I believe. 
Yeah, that one was like, a, I think maybe a January show or January something January like 14th. You were in gotcha. Tokyo. That's right. That's yeah. right. Because I couldn't go because <clears throat> I was in Tokyo, but yeah. we, we did have a booth yeah. there. Um, wow, that's crazy, mm-hmm. dude. It, it's like, it just took off out of nowhere, dude. I could just imagine doing the event from, what did you say, 2006 to 2012 that's six completely different that's six years of just doing the same thing you're like okay <clears throat> this is something yeah, right here but then for it different. to turn into something else yeah and still try to keep the grassroots of what i was doing before then it just kind of like twisted a little bit more yeah or certain things that i was doing not doing it no more and just trying to bring something else into it so so what are some of the core values of of the event <clears throat> things that you'll never change oh man what really represents Tuna Revolution? I, I would say more or less of uh, definitely keeping a, a competitive event. Mm-hmm. Like, I grew up that way. Yeah. Um, I, I like the fact that car guys can come to the show and they blood, sweat, and tears. They want to, I got my eye on that dude. Yeah. I want to beat him. You know, yeah. I know that's old school. But, like, now I think what I, I've come to learn in the past, like, three to four years, maybe five years that it's cool to come to a show and compete, yeah. but at the same time, it's not always like about competition. So some people, they don't care. They don't care about that shit, yeah. and I'm okay with that. But some other people that do care about, you know, building their cars and they want to compete, I care about that too, you know? So I just like sometimes when I come to my shows, and no matter what it is, people say, yo, Jay, nice to see you again. And it's just like, you know, every year it's a new city, new place. And it's just like, it's really nice to see people remembering like what we did from one year to another. Or they hit me up on a private message. Yo, we can't wait. We're psyched up. Or they ask me a question. But meanwhile, they're asking me a question. They're telling me like, oh man, this is a great event. It's one of my favorites. feels good. It feels really good. Hell yeah. Close. Mm-hmm. Oh, you passed out. Long ass fucking day, dude. How you doing? You good? <clears throat> yep. You gotta use the restroom. Right oh now? no, I'm good. I'm good. All right, cool. Let me just jump back in there. Fuck yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. All right, so now I understand what you mean about like competition, because when I was in the scene, you know, building cars and taking it to shows and things like that, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah. But the hard part about it was, you know, losing to a car that you felt that, that you, you were better, you were than, better than, yeah. you know, and it's a hard balance. It's a yeah. hard balance to say, like, am I wrong? Yeah. But then you see a car and it's just like, I don't understand why they pick that car. And then you don't want to be that person, you know? So it kind of has to be like a, a even playing field and the judges have to know what they're looking for and they have to be honest about it. About it. Right. I think for me, um, for me, like for me to judge a car, I've always looked for the flaws first. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like if that particular vehicle is going to go against another vehicle i want to see what's wrong with both yeah and compare in my mind obviously because it's you can't put a car side by side sometimes at these events to compare one's on one side of the building and the one's in the other yeah, side yeah, in your yeah. mind 
you got to compare to what um, one is looking like versus another. So when a judge is judging 2025 cars, plus sometimes it gives, and sometimes I hate to say it, some cars are repetitive. Yeah. So it's like, which one's standing out? Like yeah. we got to look for one that's standing out. But I always judge in, in the far of like, uh, what's wrong with the car? Does it flow? Does it have any body damage? Orange peel? Clear? Is the clear good? Um, is the car dirty? Yeah. That's that's the one that irks me the most. Especially, I understand like you know that even like VIP cars, like beautiful cars, inside out, interior, exterior, the fitment, everything. Yeah. Pop the hood once. Dirty. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> And it's just like, man, just spray it down. Some do, yeah. <laughs> you know? So wow, I see that a lot of in a lot of cars, you know, and, and that's that's one of the ones I would say that is kind of irking. Like, just clean yeah. it. That's it. I can definitely agree with you that in in the last five, three years that the competition side of things has died down a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't know which way is even better, you know, because it's kind of hard if your car is judged at te then versus a week fest mm-hmm. then another show everyone looks for different everyone, yeah, yeah yeah you know i've always said that it, it would be beneficial if there was a um a, a company that you can hire right and there was and back then there there, it, there and there was multiple there mm-hmm. was one that was the ncca uh-huh that was the national car custom association really think, yeah bro it's like I, I i'll break that down real quick yeah. so I'm not sure what years, but I want to say 1999, 2001, but it officially took off, I think, in 2003. So basically what they did was they had um, the whole entire United States broken down in regions. Okay. So like the Northeast and Midwest, the Southeast, the the West Coast and Pacific Northwest, and maybe some other in between. I don't know. but Because I think they did international stuff too. So it was basically a uh a judging event so like let's say a boston's a three-point show versus maryland's a one-point show you know philadelphia at any hot import nights turn revolution any event so if you were hot if you were working with that company based on the size of your event as far as cars notoriety big name city they 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 uh did it by points mm-hmm. so you come to the show you get judged and let's say, you know, they're judging like throughout your whole car. But at the same time, whatever your total score of that car, you gain points in the race that they had. So you were going against best Honda or best, you know, Civ, uh, sorry, like a Celica mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. And then you had your grand final, the main tour yeah. winner. So they did that for a good solid 10 years. Really? All over the country. I remember in, I believe in uh, Australia, uh, it was like that, cash prizes. But then it's like, I feel like back then, uh, you know, they had uh, even a rule book. And a rule book that you followed that I still to this day, I have one. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty, it's from 07. (laughs) Yeah. And um sean baker was the person that designed the whole rule book r.i.p to him baker is uh an individual that i met when i first started Mm -hmm. and he was the designer for various different companies as far as ncca hot and pronounced he did the nissan z tour and 
he was very involved with, you know, he had his own car club, but learning from him and learning from the NCCA, I understood the game as far as like how to judge and, and, and how to critique cars as far as like breaking them down. Yeah. You know, overall flow, fitment, all that. So gotcha. I, I kind of know a lot of that stuff. I just, I don't judge them at the show though. I can't, yeah. you know, it's a conflict for me to judge. But as far as like being at the 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 at the end results to understand, you know, uh, who are the winners? That we make sure that we get the Honda class. I have to be involved because we gotta make sure we get all the bases done before we present it. You know, yeah. but um, you know, learning from the NCCA back then, it was just it was really cool because it was point system sponsors sponsored it. All kinds of companies sponsored the the NCCA, so it would be cool. Which I know that would probably not really work at this time in Arrow because I don't know if, like, the competition. Yeah. I don't know if it's not the fact that it's not there. I just feel, feel like people don't really necessarily care about it. You yeah, know? I don't I don't think it's there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I see a lot of cars at these shows, and there's definitely a lot of opportunities. And I remember earlier in my career – the cars were at just a different level. Yeah. And it could be a SoCal thing, mm-hmm. you know, going to these shows, but these dudes put like crazy work <clears throat> into bringing them yeah. out to the shows. And now, I see the differences. Yeah. And now when I go to shows, it's just like, yeah, these cars are clean, but the, the owners really don't care much about like the small, small details, details, you know? And that's what makes sometimes Builder that much more special uh when they are paying attention yeah. to those details you know when they're paying attention to sometimes i get cars that register for our show and i'm like deny but i'm like but wait a minute let me read this mods list and i'm like oem jdm blah 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 i'm like wait a minute click and i'm zooming in i'm yeah. like wow <laughs> i can see that like i get excited because it's like you know they just the small details of making it that much more is awesome to see people just thinking like that. Yeah. You know? I remember I used to clean it with like a WD-40 and a Q-tip, bro. I would Damn, dip it in there like and that. just clean. Yeah, dude. And then you see that shit just go um, unnoticed. Yeah. You know what? Fuck this, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this no more. Plus, you know, Downstar got way more of a priority than yeah. going to car shows like to show the car correct so then when i would go set up a booth like i'll bring the car and just clean it up real quick yeah but like it kind of did kill the competition sport of it for me anyways i think i think uh like i said i you know it's all it's still there we want that mm-hmm. we, f- we feel proud of it you know we want to bring good cars to our event yes yeah. i mean i think the spectators deserve that you know, I think the spectators are, are are paying a minimum to get into the event. Yeah. To see good quality cars, good quality vendors, you know, a good quality event versus yeah. a car show. It's an event, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's an atmosphere, you know, and I, I think they deserve. So if we have good quality cars, it makes the show that much more. It makes the industry that much more. You know why? Because you motivate people to like, you know what? I like that Kia Stinger that are coming out yeah. now, right? Like. You don't see those models, but like maybe some kid that's growing up now, 18 years old, two years, he might have that. And he's going to be a builder at Weekfest or Tune Revolution yeah. or Spocom. So like we have to inspire them. So by us being more motivated to build what we need to build, we're inspiring a newer generation or even, 
You can be 30, 25, 30 years old and never been in a car and buy a new car and get into it because you're inspired. You were inspired by it. You know, you saw it yeah. somewhere. So I think I've put my energy more towards the business to create products to, to put out there. Now that people can use those mm -hmm. for their build to focus on the attention to details and mm -hmm. things like that. You know, instead of me personally being inside, like competing with people, I'd rather have my parts on all of these cars yeah. you know that that are winning these shows and things like that yeah, yeah. and be part of it instead of competing with i, these I would guys. never compete uh, i i just don't think for me it's uh uh something that I, I have to do because you know i'm already friends with some of most of the promoters yeah yeah definitely don't make sense it's like if you win or you lose it's it's expected it's either a, way yeah, yeah and like i'd rather just bring the car yeah, you know, and show it off, whatever. So, what stop has uh, surprised you with the nicest cars? Whoa, um, it's different. Mm -hmm. um, every single city I, I can talk about, it's and it's cool like that breakdown. But I think in the in the, I'll say in the past year, how mm -hmm. about that? In the past year, SoCal, Miami, Puerto Rico, wow, yeah, Chicago philly and, and even north carolina they all have different vibes and the way they build i love chicago's like style mm -hmm. chicago is very you know jdm you know performance you know arrow stuff like that there's a lot of stance um there is vip hitting you know you got to get them to come out you got to drag them out yeah you know but they're very very rounded the whole entire Chicago scene. I think Chicago, I've been saying this for years. I think I told Sam Du before. I'm like, yo, we got to highlight Chicago more. Really? I don't think there's, I, I wish there was, and I, I think there is, but I, I, if not, I haven't met them maybe, you know? But I think we need more media there, mm. you know, to, to exploit what they have. Yeah. It's just it's like, uh, just like uh, Puerto Rico. You know, when I was going up in the scene for many years, I always meet, like I was saying, like, where are you from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, uh, and a lot of them say, I'm from New York, but, you know, my mom or my stepdad has an RX-7 in Puerto Rico. And I always heard that, but I never got to experience because I didn't go to Puerto Rico until, like, two years ago for, like, 21 years. Mm. So I was new to the culture. Yeah. Um, I lived in the Dominican Republic. I'm half Dominican and half Puerto Rican. Okay. So, but I grew up in the Dominican side. I grew up on my mom's side. So I never really had a purpose to go to Puerto Rico. Yeah. But when uh, the idea came up, it was like, what do they have there? And one time we took a trip and I'm just like, bro. Just to scout? You just went over there? Um, I'm trying to think. I think we made a decision to do it before even scouting. Oh, wow. It's just that people were telling us, like, there's cars here. Yeah. They were so passionate about it. And when we got there, it was just like, holy shit. Like, I didn't understand. I didn't, I never thought that it was like that. And then now being there at all times is just like, dude, there's cars here, man. And they're not highlighted because they're not on the internet. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, like how sometimes you can't social, see social media in China. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the same thing. Yeah. You know, there's not, there's no media, big media outlets there. And, that's kind of like one of my goals to for that that's my project is to put a good uh light to it is you know 
definitely bring more media attention. But it's hard, too, because I'm still learning it. Yeah. So I got to learn the culture first to know what to do. So you just, when you guys went over there for the show, that was the first time you've been in 21 years? No. Uh, I was there two years prior to the show. Okay, okay. So, but I already made an announcement that we were doing it gotcha. prior to going. So we were there, and I went there probably like a good solid seven times before the show. Okay. So sometimes I'll spend a weekend or 10 days or come back. It was by far the hardest event that I had to produce. The hardest by like five, ten. Why was that? Because from SoCal, you know, living in, at the time, living in Pennsylvania, for SoCal, I don't have nobody here. Legitimately, I don't have nobody here going to the car meets, handing out flyers. Yeah. We don't have that. Um, we don't have no employees here. We don't have that. So everything that we do for SoCal is literally, legitimately, Instagram, Facebook, word of mouth, whatever. Yeah. So... You know, doing the show in Puerto Rico, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Because I can do everything from SoCal, from Instagram, Facebook, but in Puerto Rico, it, Instagram doesn't, it's there, but like people don't really have it. And if they do have it, it's private because hmm. it's, it's it's culture. Okay. You know, it's a different culture. People are very private about their lives. They don't want people to see everything about them. It's different. You know, it's different than California. California hmm. and, and all over the country is all about social media, Instagram. I want to be this. I want to be that. They're not like that. You know, it's yeah. not so much. You know, some people are not so much. So the challenge is, is like when we get to PR, it's like how do we promote the event? Mm -hmm. Because we don't have a social media following in Puerto Rico because mm. we haven't done one yet, right? So I had to go over there. Um, we did some promotional shoots. We did video shoots prior to the event. To hype it up, you know, mm -hmm. to let them know, like, hey, we're coming to this area, blah, 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 and get to know us. Or if you don't know us, or, but a lot of people knew us. A mm -hmm. lot of people knew us. And that was cool to that, that they knew that, that they knew of us, but they're like, they couldn't believe that we were going to them. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. And, and have been there at that show that weekend and seeing everyone's faces to them. It was like almost like a dream come true to them. Yeah. I was just enjoying their time. Yeah. Versus me enjoying it. Because I like the fact that they enjoyed it because they never had that before. So, and the reason why I'm saying that is that Tuna Revolution show, and I was, I was told by friends, but then later on down the line, people kept telling me, like, it's true. Like, this is the first automotive indoor car show that we've ever had in our history. Whoa. It's never been done. The only time they've ever had an indoor show, it's kind of like, you know, the, your LA auto show. Uh-huh. Or Got you. the PRI. Got like you. Like that. Racing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. They've never had an automotive lifestyle car show. Whoa. Indoors. Yeah. Because they only have one convention center. So no one's ever done it. And I was like, let's do it. <laughs> you know? But- the challenge of it is very different. So in Puerto Rico, it's different compared to the United States when it comes to being being a promoter. Uh -huh. Here, anybody, you can be a promoter tomorrow, you, yeah, and do a show down the street and make money on it. It doesn't work like that over there. Out there, they have what is called a promoter's community. So it's like 300 promoters, and if you're not in that, you can't do events. So... You have to uh, what is called hire an outside licensed promoter 
to basically produce your event. Hmm. So he has all the legal paperwork to go to what is called Hacienda, which is like the municipal, to pay the, the proper tax to be able to know to collect tickets. Yeah. So at the end of the day, whatever the end count is for your event, the island, the, the government takes a percentage. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a registered license to do that. And it's not like I can just apply. You have to, uh, one, live there. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a, a, a address there. You have to be accepted to the, the community. And there's so much more to that. So if you, excuse me, if you do an event this coming Sunday and the community didn't approve of it or someone's doing an event Sunday and they already got approved and this guy down the street says, you know what, I'm doing a show. They can stop him. And you know why they can stop him is your your uh, your flyer. Mm. So your flyer will have a, a license logo on every single flyer. Mm-hmm. If you look at my PR flyers, either you'll see Tequetera.com, which is they are our license promoter, or you'll see a Copet logo. And the Copet logo is like a license number within that logo. Let's say it's like one, two, three. They look it up. Oh, that was Carlos such and such. Mm-hmm. That's the promoter of that event. Oh. So they knew it's licensed versus oh, versus anybody like yourself can go down the street. Because yeah. if, if you do not have that and you do your event, oh, yeah, they pop off with them Whoa. guns. They come right to your event and shut you down. So that's how it works out there. And you knew about that before? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. I knew most of it, but then I didn't know how serious it was. Yeah. So it was it was a learning experience, definite. Did you have all that taken care of before? Yeah, gotcha, definite, gotcha, definite. Gotcha. I mean, if not, we wouldn't be able to sell tickets. Yeah. So if we didn't have that, we can't sell tickets. We can't do anything. So while the event's going on, um, what is the reception that you're getting from the spectators? Day of and, show? Yeah, day of oh, show. Oh, man. I mean, one time, I'll say this, that way you get it. Well, I'm about to say one time, one staff member told me a long time ago, when we first did the North Carolina show, mm-hmm. and she said, it's like two hours into the show, she said, it's the vibe here. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, the same vibe that we get in Philly. Do we have that vibe? Does it feel good? And I'm like, I think I do. Like, I know what she was talking about. And I was just like, yeah, I feel it too. So then when we started touring... And doing more events, we we noticed that within like the first two hours of the show, if the show ain't popping, like does it feel good? You know it's gonna be a good show. Yeah. And that's how Puerto Rico was. You felt that. You felt like, oh, this is a dope event. Like everybody was just so happy to be there, grateful. Yeah. A lot of people just very grateful, man. Like they really appreciate that we did that out there. Dope, dude. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. Are you you're going back for sure this year? Yes. Um Currently, right now, with this yeah. Corona uh, virus thing that we're having, they've pretty much put stop of everything. Yeah, not even just uh, for our Southern California show, our Miami show, mm. and now our Puerto Rico show. So, the past two days has been rough, man. Like as far as like, you know, taking all that in at one time, you know, and it's been rough because. You know, now in the SoCal show, half my team's here. You know, it's 17 of us here now. And it was supposed to be about 25. Mm-hmm. So 
when I landed, it was just like, boom, the NBA shut down. What? Boom, the, the MLB shut down. And that's when I was like, yeah, it's happening. So it was just more or less of like, how do we go about all that? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into it, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so TE SoCal was supposed to be tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, this is coming out on Thursday. So uh, last Sunday, the Sunday that just passed, was when TE was supposed to take place. Mm-hmm. So you once you land, then you find out that this is serious, then they're mm-hmm. starting to close down things. Mm-hmm. And um, how long before then did you get the news? So prior to flying out, um, we were in, um, you know, in, in, in Florida. Yeah. And... We were talking about it, and we're all like, man, I don't know. It doesn't look good. So <clears throat> we get on the plane and get on the plane. And I was actually thinking about it on the plane. I'm like, I don't know. Is this is this going to happen? Like, I kept saying to myself. But then when I got off the plane, the first thing I said to myself was like, well, if it, if it doesn't happen what's going to happen. Yeah. And I couldn't even think past that because I was like, it's, it has, it to, has happen. to happen. It has yeah. to happen. So, um, but when I got off the plane and when I heard that NBA shut down, that's when my, like my whole body got a little numb. I was like, wow, if they shut down, that means that tomorrow, which was Thursday at the time, the Lakers and Houston Rockets are not going to play, mm-hmm. which we were literally... <laughs> Getting on the plane, we're like, man, we haven't been to an NBA game in almost 15 <laughs> years. LeBron's playing with with uh, James Harden. Me and the homie from Puerto <laughs> Rico, we're like, yo, we're buying tickets because it's the only opportunity, you know. Yeah. And when we got off the plane, we couldn't buy those tickets because they already canceled the the, the the season. So that was a bummer. But then noticing that we landed Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Late Wednesday night, I, I text you. Mm-hmm. It's like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. It's when I found all that out. So we get back to the house. We stayed until like up to like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. And after uh, leaving, uh, get, I'm sorry, after getting up, we all sat down. And before anything, before the convention center, convention center did not say anything to us at all, not putting them in the place or nothing like that. It's just... They were going about business, so were we. You know, we weren't having an event this coming weekend. But then Wednesday morning, when we all sat down and said, "Is this happening?" or like, "What's the?" We're getting tons, floods of emails and text messages and yeah. you know DMs and whatever. And I'm just like, first off, we can't control all that. Like as far as like responding to all that, it, it it's it's hard first and foremost we tried um but at the same time we were trying to grasp for what we were supposed to do so we were planning we were playing a b and c before we even got the phone call so i called my event manager like around 8 3 in the morning on thursday morning and i said hey because you know we landed wednesday night <clears throat> and i said to him hey so i'm sure you hear what's going on at that time they already made the announcement that the government was shutting down. So I called him and I said, hey, you know, are we having our event? And he says to me, oh, business as usual. Like, yeah, we're having an event this weekend. I'll see you this weekend. Mm. I'm like. You didn't, you weren't confident in his word? Not really. 
at first, for like the first hour, I was like, yo, guys, sit down. We're going to get the ready promo ready, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then after after that meeting and the guys were starting working, I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I don't think this is going down, you know. And so I was just getting ready to call the venue back. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to speak to a higher up. Yeah. You know, uh, because he's just an event manager. Mm-hmm. Event managers get orders. So I was like, I want to speak to, to your facility manager or whatever. And right before I was picking on the phone, she called me. Mm. And she's like, hey, you know, she's really nice. You know, hey, you know, sorry to misinform you, but, you know, it's out of our hands. And we have to do what the city of Anaheim wants us or what we're told to do. Yeah. And it broke me. It broke me hard. And it was it was so hard to take that in, like, and she was very supportive, you know, with that with that decision. Um, I I supported them. I didn't fight back for it because the first thing I said was like, if anything is for this event to not happen, I don't want to be the one to make that decision because I didn't want to make a decision of, uh, you know, with regret mm-hmm. or make a decision that. It's not a good decision to have because for the community or for or or maybe sometimes they over exaggerate these type of things on the news. So before they shut it down, whatever, I was like, I'm not going to cancel it. It's the news, you know. But then when they start shutting down the NBA and everything like that, I'm like, this shit's about to get real. Yeah. And I was immensely I was preparing for the worst and I knew it was coming. But then when she told me, I knew it was there. And I was just like. I took that in for like a good solid hour, hour and a half. I just chilled to myself for a little bit. And it's like, all right, what are we doing? So by like 12 o'clock Thursday, we already knew. So one of the first things that we wanted to do was that we were still having staff members arriving. You know, when I found out, all my staff wasn't even in the house. They were picking people up at the airport, you know, getting grub and something like that. Because we just finished our first meeting in the morning. They came back to the news. Everybody came from the airport to the news. So when that happened, I told it was like staff mode first because mm-hmm. we got to stop flights. We still had like eight, nine more flights coming in and they were coming in between Thursday evening into Friday, etc. And we had to call them all. Don't get on the plane. Um, we had a secondary Airbnb house. We canceled it. We canceled our 15 passenger van because we didn't need that many people. Um, then we had to cancel the insurance of the event, canceled tables and chairs, canceled, uh, the electricity and the sound and sound and lighting guy, Fuck. you know? So the thing is we wanted to get that done first because these are the people that within business are involved with the show, you know, they got to know because, you know, if I'm a sound guy and the sound guy has five people that work for him that got to set up, they they have a job to do this weekend. Yeah. So it's not even about 300 cars and everybody else. There's other people that are involved within the event. So I had to let all those key players know first. Yeah. And then get into the media side. Yeah, because you know? they're prepping. They're prepping. The me- and, they're re- and relying on my decision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Fuck. as soon as they know, as soon as, as soon as I found out, within hour and a half, two hours, I started make, making phone calls. You know, left uh, and right. Yeah, man. Um, 
I just seen that the way that things were going and I don't know what it was that I saw, but something was just like, <clears throat> don't look, yo, good. I don't know. This isn't looking good, man. Yeah. It's, it's still, things are still up in the air. It's not looking good. And then I w- would go to the page cause I didn't want to call you. I don't want to call you. Yeah. I don't want to text you. Cause I, <clears throat> my part in all of this is so insignificant that i know you have so much other shit going on so i'm going to use context clues to figure what's going on you know and just wait on your call Mm -hmm. you know so i'm on uh t's instagram and just seen the last post which was from like two days before Mm -hmm. and um just seen these comments and they just keep coming every time you check a little later more comments more comments just like Fuck, man, this is yeah. not looking good, bro. And I didn't know how to, you know, prior to Thursday, I didn't know how to react to that. Yeah. Because, again, you think about it, it's the news. Yeah. How serious is this really is? We, I mean, I knew it was serious, but I was just like, how really serious is this it, This going to be? Is this going to... I had no intentions thinking that we was going to shut us down. Yeah. At all. Like, coming into it, when I got off the plane, when they said the NBA was shut down, that's when I was like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm this is real you know and that's when i like the whole realization came in it was like we might get shut down and i was like you said earlier i was not trying to feel like we're not shutting down like we're doing the show (laughs) you know because it's like we put so much effort man so much work and promotion and time and flights and everything to get to the event there's 17 of us here in california right now you know, we got nothing to do. We want to see cars. <laughs> I have four or five guys, at least out of those four or five guys. I mean, I think two of them have never left Puerto Rico for the first time. Oh, and they were hype, man, <laughs> to see some cars. They didn't see no cars. Yeah, I think everybody should. They saw Fairfax. Right yeah. Well, that's something good to <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah, I told them somewhere. I love Fairfax. Yeah. Something good to see. It's, uh, it's not a time for for gatherings right now you know that's just it's just it is what it is Mm -hmm. you know i've pretty much uh everything that we do that involves a lot of people we're not doing it you know christian soccer not doing it wow um he's his school he's off for a week but i'm pretty sure that that's the minimum you know we'll probably find out this coming week that he's probably going to be off until april or something something like that yeah Yeah. i've been hearing it back at home in pennsylvania my mom was telling me about it like yeah they're shutting a lot of things down over there yeah so then oh to top it off yeah that same thursday is when i got the phone call for miami Mm -hmm. um so we haven't officially uh this is like the first so we haven't officially canceled or i'm sorry sorry postponed postponed te miami is because i haven't been given to yet to this day the official yeah that is 100 um but it's looking like it's a 95 you know and that's what the fire marshal the same fire marshal i work with for the miami show he did the super bowl he did uh bad boys three mm-hmm. so he's done he's done rolling loud so he's a really good dude and he he's he's there mm-hmm. you know and he, he told me he's like you know I'll give you the call, you know. So I end up calling the facility manager at the RC Cola factory and say, hey, you know, let's work ahead. Give me dates. So she gave me a list of dates. Nice. So I haven't been able to really look at the dates, the comparison to any other Florida show because I'll be honest, I've just been working on SoCal right now. Yeah. And then that was all Thursday. 
with the with the news of Anaheim. So I got Miami like literally an hour before I got the news for Anaheim. And then about five hours later, I got the news that there's a possibility that we'll not be doing TE Puerto Rico either. Fuck. So it's three shows back to back. This yeah. year's fucked up, bro. Yeah. So much stuff has so been happening. So they've been saying to us, you know, like, wait in the next week or two, you know, and we'll update it. You know, we'll, you'll know. Yeah. So hopefully things turn around, you know, hopefully hope. some miracle happens. I hope. But I, I mean, don't know. right now we do have a new date for uh turn revolution socal mm-hmm. um we're about to put it out there this coming week um we're looking at for memorial day weekend um that's what they gave us mm-hmm. um and it's only about two months after the fact so i think that's solid yeah we can make it happen the show was gonna be really good like it was really building up a lot of good hype yeah um we already had like 325 cars um you we're basically sold out you know so now it's just all about picking that back up and promote a new date, you know, and hopefully, you know, people can support it and come out and yeah. show love, you know, because, you know, when you get to an event and the dates, the dates to an event is so important because that's how people plan, you know, and they plan how to make it out. You know, they plan to reserve that time to come to the event and, and, and you know, show up and show love. So to that effort from us, we have to push, push, push to let them know like, hey, come through, come through. And when they come, it's like, it's such a relief because it's like, you see a lot of people in the building like, ah, that work's done. Yeah. <laughs> they showed up. <laughs> you know, because I've had a couple crickets events before. And really? I'm just like, damn. Yeah, they got us on this one, you uh. know. And, and it has happened, you know. Uh, I'm sure every promoter has their story, you know, um, but, you know, SoCal's have showed us love, man, since day one, you know, every year it grows, every year I feel like, you know, I, I feel like they're understanding what we're trying to do, yeah. you know, it's, we're not trying to be bigger and better than anybody else, it's just that we have a, f- a formula that we've been using for 14 years, and that 14 years has worked for us. Yeah, last year was a great time, man. Yeah. Um, that's where we made this set for. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you were showing me pictures like, yo, look what I'm going to bring. I was like, you're the fucking man. I love you. <laughs> yeah, because I, I liked it, man, because it's like, it reminds me of uh, Complex Con. Yeah. It reminds me of like how back in the day, big car shows were with displays, not tents. And I thought that was cool. Like you went outside the box and I'm like, to this day. This has been my favorite, man. Like, this whole setup. Thank you, bro. It reminds me of, like, just looking over here. Yeah. I feel like I'm in NY. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I see everything. It's so cool, you know? And But that's good. I like the fact that you went out of the box and tried to put something together that makes sense for your brand. Definitely. You know, your brand is what matters. This is speaking for you, not a tent. You know what I mean? It's crazy how it all came together. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew that we were going to do a booth at TE and I wanted to do something cool, especially because like you always support me so mm-hmm. much. You yeah, know? man. And you being from the East Coast and coming out to the West Coast doing a show, you know, I wanted to support you. I appreciate it. And it's it. so much easier for me to do big things like this when I'm local because mm-hmm. you will just load it up and go and do it, you know? So yeah. I've always had the idea and then, um, I don't know. I just like 
threw something together, drew it, and then <laughs> I went to Home Depot just to to like brainstorm and then saw this and just the way that it all came together and then being there that day setting it up. Oh yeah the carpet. The carpet. They had the, yeah, the, the little lounge. <laughs> Yeah, the 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 T shirt racks real nice. Yeah. I was like, oh, like I see you. It was so fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna tell you what our setup was gonna be this time. So um, wait a minute. You had a different setup for the show? Yeah. <sighs> all right. So this is this is what it was gonna be. Because I can't take all this. It, it's so hard, dude. Yeah. I would have we even had to cut the top to make it fit in here. <laughs> Shit. So um what we were gonna do was we were gonna get our ten by ten tent but have the walls all the way around and then the front wall it was going to be plastic oh yeah and then i was gonna have like a like plastic cut out and velcro so we could pull it down you, tr- you know i know what you're talking about so then we'll have the mask on and then uh <laughs> and inside <laughs> inside of the booth it's gonna be like since it's blocked from everywhere we're just gonna be chilling right <laughs> there you know and have uh have decorations bring some of this stuff in there marketing Mark, yeah, I was so stoked, dude. I'll show you the text to, uh, to Alex. It was like the day before, um, that it got canceled, and I'm like, dude, this would be so sick because yeah. once I get set on an idea, everything else goes away, goes and away. I'm like, I'm gonna make this happen, yeah, you know, it, it was gonna be exciting, man. Damn. But we even made the shirt, yeah, <laughs> the the shirt that I had out oh, there, oh, yeah, you sh- that's yeah, the one, yeah, okay, yeah, the okay. Rona World Tour, dude. Wow, and we're gonna debut that shirt at the show. I Damn. wasn't even gonna post it up or anything until at the event. I have two event. different designs right now that I never even debuted. I was yeah. gonna debut at the show. And, and then we were gonna do the uh the discussion there too. Yeah. You know, which um that definitely still gonna happen. We got to. Um I, I don't I don't think that the I don't know if it's appropriate to do that the the setup that I wanted to do. Right. You know, ever since it like turned serious. Serious. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I want to do something fun, man. Yeah. And now we got a little more time. Yeah, to prep it. for it. Yeah. yeah. Cook something up. I think I think that's what I like about you the most, man. It's just like one of the first things that I remember, I think our first real interaction was at Honda Day. Yeah. When Big Mike brought the prelude. Yeah, out yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you pre- um, previously did my event. and But previously you called me like, hey, you know, this is what I'm about. This is who I am. This is what I do. And I got I, I felt your vibe right away. I was like, yo. I like the realness because that's the only thing I can ever be is be real. And one of the things I liked about it was just like, just straightforward up front always. And the fact that, you know, one time you came to one of my shows and you said, Jay, I'll be real with you. We just don't make money on your show. And I get it. Yeah. Because everyone has different niches of what they're, what they're trying to provide or sell. Yeah. And if some of our our enthusiasts that come to our events may or may not be intrigued into your product. Yeah. It's nothing against the product. It's just not not what they want. It's not just Downstar. It's just any company, you know? But one of of the things I liked was is that you approached me after the fact and say, hey, dude, you know, I still want to attend your events, but it's hard for me to do so because, you know, it's not our niche per se. But what I liked about was, is you like, but I still want to support it. So you're always more like, how can I support it if I'm not going to make no bread, though? Yeah. But I think the best thing that you did was, is like, you know what? I'm just going to promote the name, Downstar. I'm, I'm going to show off and let people know this is what I'm about. Um, I'm going to sell my merch. 
at least at least my my clothing brand aspect. I'm gonna I'm be I'm gonna build this booth right here <laughs> yeah. and, and show what it's all about. And I respect that because it's like you don't care to make money at the event. Yeah. You just want to show presence. Definitely. And I thought that was dope. Thank like, you, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, sure. And I've had that same conversation with uh, Kenneth at Weekfest yeah. as well. I love Weekfest, mm -hmm. man. You know, that sh was one of the first shows that I ever went to. And to be accepted off of the wait list was like an honor, dude. Yeah. When I got that email, I was just so excited to yeah. go, you know, and <clears throat> it's it's hard, bro, because I wish it would be. I, mm -hmm. I wish that it was a brand that you could go to any any event and yeah. sell stuff, like a sticker company or something Correct. like that. But we are in our own sort of niche, which is my fault, too. You know, So ever since then, I've been thinking like, yo, I don't want Downstar to be known as like even a hardware company. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be known as that. Mm -hmm. you know, Because for the longest time, dude, we were known as like, the people who do spikes yeah i'm like bro you're talking about four products out of over 250 but that's what was popping yeah you know, that's what people knew us for yeah and then it turned into the hardware and then mm -hmm. after i was like okay i don't just want it to be hardware like yeah downstar is it's i named it downstar for a reason and not like bolt boys right because if i would have used bolt boys and we okay this is a hardware company bolt boys same thing with Tune revolution yeah I, we, we named it Tune revolution and not until like 2013, 14, uh, I made the Instagram page. I think it was 2012 or 13. And the Instagram page was actually my personal page. Mm -hmm. When I first started that page, it was my actual personal page. And I and I named it Tuner Evo because I didn't like how the typography on Instagram, because like, Tuner Evo's letters is long. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like how it looked yeah. like long on the, on the page. And... At that time, people were starting to call it TE or mm -hmm. Tuner Evo. Yeah. I never called it Tuner Evo. Oh, really? Never. Oh, that was, shit. That was the fans. Yeah. Always and forever. That was, I've never called it TE. I never called it Tuner Evo. It was always Tuner Evolution. And just for short, people just started calling it Tuner Evo. Yeah. And that's why I made the Instagram page Tuner oh, Evo. Because back then, it, was just, it wasn't really like... You know, you have to be precise of your Instagram page. And back then, yeah. we were putting <laughs> filters and shit at the time. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you didn't think about that, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that's what I did. And even to this day, it's just, that's what they know it as. It's yeah. Evil, which is dope. You know, I think it, because it's like a brand within the brand. You yeah, know? Mm -hmm. definitely, man. But we just want to support all the time, you know, mm -hmm. especially people that are hustling. Me personally, if I see somebody hustling, trying hard and trying to make something happen, no matter what field it is, mm -hmm. I want to help them out because I understand and I've been there and that I've hustle. been I've been in that position where nobody helped me out and mm -hmm. it's such a lonely place. It's like, damn, I wish somebody could fucking throw me a bone right Yo, here. Yo, word. <laughs> you know? So if I could yeah. throw a bone to somebody or help out or promote or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, we've had discussions about other events. I'm like, well, I'm not going to be able to make it, but I'll help promo. No yeah, problem. Because yeah. it doesn't matter to me, yeah. you know? I yeah, just and want I think that's good because it, it helps the industry move. You know, it's not just for your brand, my brand. It's for everybody because if you can tell 10 of your spectator friends to go to an event, even though you're not going... Those 10 kids or whoever never experienced that particular event, but if you promoted it, that's 10 more new spectators to a new event. Yeah. Regardless which event it is. Yeah. And those 10, out of those 10, we gained three. Mm -hmm. And three are lifers now. It's better than none. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? But so if we're not vocal about it, 
you know, I, I personally feel, I, I, I think I said this to you before, um, recently, I just feel like currently today with, with so much social media that we have, with so much ways of, with this new technology world that we have versus in our day, you know, 2005 and 2001 and 2009, there was none of that. Mm-hmm. And the industry was way bigger yeah. then than it is now. And I'm talking about by the masses, yeah. you know, and, but it, then it was different because everybody was into it, you know, but then everyone figured out this is not a necessity. Mm-hmm. This is just a hobby. A lot of people forget it's a hobby or it's a passion, but some of us, it's, it's a business, yeah. you know, so it's hard to continuously get people to to just be hobbyists. How you say that word? Uh, like that you're really like a hobby. How you say that word? Uh, we'll go with hobbyist. Yeah, bro. yeah. So it's more or less of like an enthusiast yeah. learning into maybe just to be to go to shows or to go to drag racing events or to go to drift events. If you don't introduce it, then how the other you gonna come? Yeah, you know. So you spreading the word for us, even if you're not going, that's love. Because we're going to get three. Yeah. At least. No, definitely, man. I'm always here to help out mm-hmm. even when you're uh, trying to make something happen. Just mm-hmm. like what the uh, the earthquake from Puerto Rico. Dios mío. You know, let's talk about <laughs> that, man. That was rough, bro. Um, Were you over there? I was there. Okay. I was there. Uh, I was in Florida. No, I'm, I apologize. I was in Pennsylvania. Okay um for christmas okay uh, i went to visit my mom and all that we f- i flew into puerto rico i think it was the 30th of, of december because i'm going to spend new years there and the earthquake happened on the 7th mm-hmm. so um prior to the earthquake the big one i was going to one of our friends house locally to do some work i was working out of his house a little bit and I felt the shakes mm-hmm. right in Guanica, which is the uh, is the the epicenter. Okay, like, right yeah. in Guanica, and literally, it's like I've never felt earthquakes in my life. Oh, really? Nah. Okay, nah, I never really experienced that. So you can feel the shakes of the house, and just my heart started to beat. I'm like, what? And it was nothing. It was like a three point one. Yeah, you know. And I'm like, what? You know, I never experienced before. And then the seventh of january it was like 4 20 in the morning dead asleep yeah dead asleep and all of a sudden just you can just feel like you know when you go to the mall and they have those little chairs that you sit down and it's like a vibrating machine like that yeah just my bed just shaking shaking and then i realized because my room's pitch black dark because when it started shaking the power went out okay everywhere uh-huh. so i can't see you know i can't find my phone my phone dropped i couldn't find my phone so it's shaking within a few seconds. I didn't even have time to try to find it. I had to hurry to get the hell out. And as I'm like going out my bedroom through the living room to try to go outside, it's like I'm like, you know what I mean? You, know what I mean? Like you couldn't really control your balance as it's shaking. And by the time I got outside, I stayed outside for like a half hour in my boxers, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And yeah, man. That scared the shit out of me. Because you're sleeping, mm-hmm. you know? So you know how sometimes when you sleep and you're just like, just dunzo. You, if someone wakes you up, you're like, <gasps> you yeah. just wake up at yeah, instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that. Yeah. Instantly. And, and it was just like, wow. It was, it was a crazy experience. But then 
nothing happened in my house. Nothing. Everything was fine. We lost power for like two days. No, mm-hmm. no big deal. But my hometown, Jauco, Guanica, uh, and all the other little areas that were only like half hour, forty five minutes away from, you know, we started visiting. I have tons of photos on my in my phone right now. Just all the houses just destroyed. Um, people's losing homes. And I went to a lot of the refugee camps. So, so when, when it happened, one of the homies that helped me get a lot of the cool cars for the Puerto Rico show was like, Hey, you know, I need help, Jay. And I'm like, bet where you want me at? He's like, I need you to come down here. We're going to prepare a thousand hot dogs. Mm -hmm. I'm like, for what? He's like, don't worry about just come down. I'm like, all right, bet shoes on, came out, went there. Where you need me at? You know? I need you to package them. All right, bet. Next thing you know, I'm working. It's like a, a team of like 15 to 25 people, you know, three or four guys cooking hot dogs. The other ones are packaging them. The other ones putting ketchup down the line. The other ones putting in the racks, like a whole full assembly. Mm-hmm. And we prepared a thousand hot dogs and four or five trucks. We just drove around all over the local area to supply food for people because people didn't have no power. So they had no refrigerators you know no hot food or whatever and and we just drove around and just gave away food to people just because it was just recent it happened like within two days after we did that you know and when i saw that it just it just killed me man like it just killed me because it's like it happened to me but it didn't happen to me yeah I, i didn't get affected by it but i see the people's faces how they were affected by it and that touched me a lot you know and then you know, later that same day, our last run is already five o'clock. I was there at nine o'clock. At five o'clock in the afternoon, I'm literally giving an older man in a wheelchair a hot dog. He's grabbing it from me, and right there, a five point seven happened. Literally, bro. And when that happened, I almost fell on my ass because it, it literally almost knocked me over. And when that happened, and I saw the fear in his eyes and the fear of all the orderly people's eyes, I was just like, "That's it." Like. Who I got to call, what we got to do, who we got to hit up. I don't care who, what, let's go. So I started calling everybody. I called everybody in the industry that I knew that could say, yo, I need this. I need that. You know, I don't care who you are. I need that. Yeah. You know, so one of the first things before I did that was more or less of like, how are we going to get it here? Because you always see the stories. So we had a, a friend of ours, Carlos, um, from CDR. He, he he's a wheel company, wheel distributor, mm-hmm. um, out in um, in Puerto Rico, and he always imports wheels and pallets almost monthly, mm-hmm. daily, whatever. So he hooked he hooked us up with the account, and you know, with the help of the guys, um, I don't know, Sunshine Stance in Florida and Ravi from V2 Lab. Mm-hmm. I called them up and I was like, yo, I need a venue right away. What do you have? Give me something. And he gave me the contact. So we did an earthquake relief at the UTI campus. In Orlando? In Orlando. So first and foremost, I want to thank you because I never said thank you for that donation. That donation, the donation was mainly like to help us ship everything back because those pallets are not cheap to ship. So we ended up doing four, four full pallets of all supplies food uh <clears throat> like diapers you know uh pantry uh you know you had uh um like tents and pillows and blankets and just a lot of different toothpaste and 
think hygiene for the women, everything, everything that we can think of and get. You know, we had a lot of help that people came through and they donated. So we end up, you know, from the, the money that we used from what we came up with you and also from Nick from Springfest, he donated money as well. We got all that stuff together and we shipped it to PR. I think it got there within like seven to nine days. Mm-hmm. And with the ground running, same thing, you yeah. know, start us go back to the neighborhoods, you know. So I spent two weeks. I didn't do nothing for Turn Revolution. When that happened, I, I literally didn't do anything because I felt like that was a priority, you know, yeah. at least for me it was. Yeah. You know, you know, we're not doing anything for Miami. We're not doing anything for SoCal. But I was like, you know, I got 10 days. I got to make shit happen, you know. Yeah. And I went hard on that. So because it, it, it didn't mean... The other side of the business didn't mean anything to me until I accomplished that. Yeah, fucking good guy, Jay. Mm-hmm. That's dope, man. Thank you. A lot of people wouldn't use their um, their connections to make that happen. Yeah, and I remember when uh, it was going on. You know, I was seeing the flyer posted everywhere. You know, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes things just don't click. Yeah, especially if you're not personally involved. <clears throat> right. You know, you and I were friends. But we see each other in certain times and we talk during certain yeah. times and other times that we don't. It's just the nature of the beast. Right. You know, that's just this how it goes. Mm-hmm. But then there was just one moment I was like, <clears throat> it was when I hit you up. Yeah. I was just chilling. And then I'm just like, damn, they're going through some real shit yeah. right now. This is like something real. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't even follow any of the directions or anything that was going on with that. I said, Jay, I want to help out. Mm-hmm. What what can I do? You mm-hmm. know, and you um we we got it all taken care of, man. And it's just mm-hmm. like I want to help out anywhere where it's possible. Right. You know, and it, it's just it's just sometimes it takes that little time for just it a to, little bit. For it just to click, you know. And just that's why bit. I wanted to have this conversation with you. Yeah. Because I know that there's thousands of people that their plan for Sunday, no matter if it was they're coming from L.A., they're coming from out of town or whatever, their plan was to be in Anaheim Correct. at Tuner Evo Correct. tomorrow yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. You know, And I know because I've been there, I've been in my own selfish ways where I'm like, dude, what the fuck? I want to go. This is what's going on. That's bullshit. Just, it's not even that big of a deal, but... To have you on here and to hear the person who's creating this is a human as well. And they're going through so many human emotions, have so many things going on. I think that this can, this conversation can really help people put everything into perspective. Like, yeah. yo, maybe my my 30 bucks or whatever it was well, to get not, the ticket is yeah, not, it's not that big now. of a deal right now. If you can tell me right now that you'll be okay to go in, go out and get Korean barbecue <laughs> and do it every week, yeah. you'll be all right. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, There's people that have <clears throat> real issues going on. And it, just to bring up PR, that was the thing. It's like, you know what? You're chilling in Cali right now. Everything's fucking good. Cool. But Jay's not. Yeah. Jay's not going through something that's just cool right now. He's trying to make things happen. Yeah. And it just, when it clicked for me, I was like, damn, man, I, I got to help him out. And then we only had a certain amount of time. Yeah. You know, and that's why I was promoting, 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 because our whole thing was when I found out the date of that event that they were having, mm-hmm. I only had nine days. So out of those nine days, I took two days of prep. 
So that prep was contact everybody and everybody on yeah. the first day, day and a half. The information I got from that first day and a half, I gave, gave it to my team. Yeah. Get a design going. As I'm doing so, you know, I'm adding logos as we're going. And now I got to put a flyer out because these are supporters. It was really quick. I don't play. I remember that. I yeah. don't play. Yeah. I don't play, you know. So all I wanted with people was if you can't donate, at least push it, promote it. Yeah. Let people know about it, you know. So that was like one of the things I had to make sure that 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 got out you know and let people know like hey we need help over here you know and it's just as much as like if it'll happen for anything that happens on the west coast or yeah. japan or anything like that like we're all human at the end of the day and we all try to make it happen with each other if we don't then we only have we don't have nothing you know because there's a lot of people have big families on aunts uncles cousins so a lot of people don't have no families at all you know yeah and, you know, when I came to, to notice that there was people, you know, this was this was where one of the ones that kind of like got me is when, when I went to my hometown and I, there's this one specific lady I always see. I say hi to her when I come out in that area. I always say hi to her. She's real cool with me. And uh, I always say hi. I, I just met her just by showing up in my area, you know, and, and she knows my, my dad and stuff like that. I said, how's everything over here? I asked her. She's like, well... We don't want to sleep outside. I mean, inside. We want to. We've been sleeping outside. I was like, where? And she pointed, and she threw. She pointed to, uh, you know, the skid pallets for shipping, mm -hmm. for like, you know, Walmart and all that stuff. She's like, yeah, we're sleeping on that. We're sleeping on air matches on top of that, because we're sleeping because we don't feel safe sleeping inside. Fuck. And that's when I'm like, nah, B. <laughs> You know, yeah. there's a lot of people complain a lot about the smallest things, but there. Meanwhile, there's other people that really need that help. You know, especially right now. Correct. You know, yeah. even with the events getting canceled, um, everybody being affected. Like me personally, how I feel is like, okay, we're cool, but mm -hmm. that's the position that we're in. Mm -hmm. There's people that need that check. They need to be going to work. They need their kids to go to school mm -hmm. so they can go to work. You know, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people that are affected right now, man. Right. And it's just, it, it's so sad, dude. Yeah. And this is a time for all of us to just come realize together, you know. And realize we, like, what, what type of movement we need to make from this point on. Yeah. If not, it's just... You know, they, they, they're saying this is like almost like what happened in 9-11. Yeah. How many years it took us to get back from 9-11? It took us like six, seven years. Rough times, man. Yeah. So it's, that's not, let's definitely not do that. Yeah. But things were going good. <laughs> you know, everyone's doing good. I can see it. Everyone's you know how right. you know everybody's doing good? Because they have time to complain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you got so much time to complain, your life's yeah, pretty good. good. Yeah. When yeah. you don't got to be worrying about stuff, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. But uh, Jay, I'm so glad that you were mm -hmm. able to uh, make it on here, have this combo. For sure, you know, um, you're a good guy, dude. And Thank we're you. always here to support you Thank with whatever you, you need. Of Appreciate course. Appreciate that. And uh, hopefully, all this stuff gets ironed out real quick. For sure. And um, we can make that day yeah, happen. Yeah, you know, we're just you know trying to push it. You know, we're looking at Memorial Day weekend, uh, May 24th, on Sunday, May 24th. Gotcha. Um, you know, we visited the Anaheim Convention Center yesterday morning. Um, they've been really helpful. Uh, I will say that they've been very professional and very uh, uh, consistent with, you know, staying on top of it with me it's ever since it was announced. You know, they kept calling me and updating me with any new news or anything. 
and they're on it. They're yeah. definitely on it. So and I feel really appreciative that they're not the type of team that's like, well, that's it. Yeah. Nah, they're like, nah, we got to help Good. you out. You're a client. You know, you, yeah. you come here. You Good, know? man. So. And everybody listening, please, please just realize this. Um, everybody's been affected by what's going on. Um, nobody wants these things to happen. Mm -hmm. And just kind of ease up a little bit. You know, yeah, yeah. you're, you're your whatever return or you not being able to make it or you can't take off that that weekend now i can't get out of that i have plans like that's not really that important right now guys right. we're in some real shit yeah. you know, and we need to figure out what's really going to happen with sure. all of this i mean right now we have two other events that we may not have so it's like i you know what i'm saying it's like we're trying to go one at a time for yeah. sure you know but it's all gonna work out, man. Hopefully, I have faith. No, I, I definitely hope. have faith, dude. Um, you're a good guy, dude. You're always helping people out, and it's always gonna come back to you. You Thank know, you, when man. you hit uh, you hit rough patches, all you know is something good is yeah. gonna come out of that. Yeah, for sure. You know, but it was so good to sit with you, Jay. For sure. Thank I really you. appreciate it, man. I appreciate your time, and hopefully, you guys have a at least make something out of this trip while you're yeah. here. I mean, I think today was the first time that we came out because we were just locked in for two and a half days yeah you know and we were just like not not today you know, yeah. today we gotta get out you know and clear our minds a little bit do something we went to fairfax a little bit uh we went to a couple of different places to eat and stuff before i came out here yeah because and then tomorrow I don't, i'm not really sure what we have planned we just just hang out but at the same time still get work done you yeah. know and we gotta get work done definitely but then we go back home we gotta go back to work yeah <laughs> definitely so, man mm -hmm. all right jay so before we get out of here can you uh please let people know where they can find you at yeah um first off for the business is uh tuner evil that's t um at t-u-n-e-r-e-v-o and my personal instagram is j j a y underscore tuner evo um that's my personal instagram and you know that's pretty much uh and facebook just find me on facebook i love I don't it i know man. how people do that <laughs> yeah right it's a different demographic I, I don't really get on that much no more if your parents are listening you can find them on facebook <laughs> <laughs> those only older people use facebook dude it's like 28 and up yeah right maybe. <laughs> guys please please i'm asking you a personal favor go check out tuner evo instagram go shoot them some uh positive feedback you know, sure. go shoot them some good love right now because they could definitely use it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just keep spreading positivity. That's what we need right now, thank you. you know. And uh, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, uh, Hilltoe Automotive. Hey. Uh, we just picked up a sponsor, man. Word. I'm super, super excited. Send, send me the deck. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, it was in Cali, dude. Yeah, we got to get, get, get the pound, man. Get the pound in. That's the first pound I had all weekend. <laughs> Make sure you guys check out Heel Toe on Instagram at Heel Toe Auto or their website. Uh, let me, I think I, shoot, I think I got that backwards, dude. I gotta. Heel Toe Automotive is the Instagram. The website is heeltoeauto.com. Um, dude, they've been around since 02 when I got wow. in. He was the OG. Yeah. Alrighty, Marcus is a great guy, dude. Um, yeah. I was just talking to him at SEMA at one of the parties over there. And just, I, you know, you never get a chance to just chop it up with somebody uh -huh. unless you're like at SEMA or something yeah. like that. And we got to chop it up. I'm like, man, I got to get this guy on the I podcast. I didn't go to SEMA this year. Oh, I know. I'm glad I didn't go. <sighs> I don't even so, know if there's going to be a SEMA this year. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> there you go. There it is, man. But uh, make sure you guys check out uh, Hilltoe Automotive. Um, 
Go show them some love right now. Tell them that you're a listener from the podcast. We really appreciate their support. It's been hard, dude. 152 yeah. episodes. Wow, doing it. this 152? Z- zero sponsors, man. We finally got a sponsor. I'm super excited Let's for that. Let's go. Um, looking forward to working with Marcus for yeah. the, the near future. For sure. And um, thank you, Jay. I for appreciate sure. this. You, I can't thank wait you. to put this out, man. Thank you for the opportunity, man. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Oh yeah. I never... Uh, I, I've seen other people do some podcast. I've had asked people to, you know, do some things with them, but I, you know, I've always like, man, I want to do with someone that I feel comfortable with, you know. So, you know, thank you for the first time experience. I was a little nervous at first. No, nah, of you course, know, dude. But definitely, it was dope, man. Hell yeah! All right, guys, make sure you check out Jay. Check out Tuner Evo. Um, make sure you check out Heel Toe Auto. And um, once again, downtime with Downside episode one fifty two, and we out. Peace.